This Week in League, Julia Gillard makes a cynical grab for the This Week in League power base by fucking Tom off. Rugby League hits the big time by enlisting the Johnny Cochran of drug cheat exposing lawyers. The NRL release a new State of Origin app allowing New South Wales supporters to piece together game footage and pretend that they actually win. And we preview all of the action for round 12 of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more This Week in League. Welcome to episode 122 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, this week, uh, a bunch of housekeeping stuff and feedback and things like that that we got from our listeners. Now, the first one, I want to take issue with listener Trotters at Devonhead. Trotters, as he's affectionately known uh, on this show and, and, well, on, and on Twitter. Well, not really affectionately, but he's so mean. mainly because he's, he's a cock. He's so mean to people. No, not people. Just him. So anyway, I got a... I got a, a I mean, it was it was a mock angry tweet, but you know, it's just from from his wife on Twitter having a go because his three year old daughter started dropping fuck bombs and shit. Do you know what she attributes that to? Her listening to this week in league because fucking Trotters left it on while he was you know doing whatever he was doing, going about his day mm. with fucking three year old daughter. I mean, you know. I painstakingly put the explicit tag on every week. Yes. MA15 plus every week on iTunes. Which you clearly can't read. What in the actual fuck are you doing playing this show to a fucking three-year-old? I think it's time that everyone came clean. Um, clearly, that young girl is not Trotter's daughter. And uh, clearly has no regard for her future. It's, just, because there's some sort of seedy undertale of, of the Trotter's family that no one's fucking talking about. Um you know, I mean, you've got some skeletons in your closet. Let's not go try and drag us into it. I just, I remember when... I think it's disgusting, quite frankly. At the end of the first season, like at the end of every season, we have like the Twillies and everything. We have like a, a bit of a, a listener survey thing as well. To, you know, what are we doing on the show that you like? And what are we doing? Like, you know, any ideas? You know, we, we think of doing this. How about that? Mm. And at the end of that question is a demographic question. In that survey is a demographic question that sort of, you know, groups, age groups and stuff like that. You know, like... 13 to 17 or whatever. Blah, you know, our, stats, our, our stats aren't great for three-year-olds. I remember... Low. Well, we don't go that low, so that's one thing. But the thing is that I... Way to shoot him in. I remember at the, end of the first, at, the, at the end of the first time we did that survey, we saw like, you know, 10% of the people were in like, you know, 13 to 17 age group. And I was thinking... I'm I remember mortified. I remember thinking, fucking 13-year-olds got no business listening to our shit. Exactly. And now I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of cool with it. But now three-year-olds... <laughs> I will never be cool with three-year-olds listening to this show. So pull your head in, everybody, and and just use this week in league, and it has an explicit tag. Not this week in shit parenting. (laughs) This bacon flavored tag. This week week in wiggles or this week in yo gabba gabba. No, no, just don't. Um, now we had 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 an altercation that wasn't of our uh, of our creation. Uh, well, kind of was. Go Storm One on Twitter at G O S T O R M One. Uh, found out it's actually a female. I thought it was a guy because you know what a foul mouth fucking jerk that bitch is. But um, yeah, I, I can be a foul mouth jerk too, Nathan. Let's not get we too had, judgmental. We had a listener just make a sarcastic joke about you know basically slamming Danny Weedler essentially, and um, this person. Saw it. Maybe I retweeted it. I can't remember. No, I retweeted you it. You retweeted it? Yeah. And so, 
they've seen it because they were at the time were following us. Of course, not now. Now we're blocked. But uh, at the time they were following us, and uh, and they've arced up and said, you know, thought, took it as being real. And this is on the day when that uh, that uh, military guy in in England got uh, hacked up by those guys. British soldier. Yeah, and he got hacked up by those uh, um, two dudes, which so, is tragic. It was we weren't trying was, to make light of that. No, in fact, the uh, retweet had absolutely no relevance to that incident. No, no, no. But this person, Ghost Storm One, came in and was like. Oh, you know, someone's got you know hacked to death by blah blah, and you're fucking worried about this. Someone getting cut off in traffic. Someone getting cut off in traffic because the joke was something like you know that someone from East cut off someone in traffic, and you know that was yeah. Danny Weaver's exclusive, exclusive kind of thing. And so then Glenn, you know, without a, any semblance of courtesy or politeness, basically said, you know, you're a fucking idiot. It was a fucking joke. You know, if you can't, you know, unfollow if you can't fucking deal with that sort of thing. And did well, that wasn't my exact words, but it was something as equally as brutal as that. It was pretty. It was pretty brutal, and it's that, so they started going off. And so I thought, I oh. just thought, what a fucking moron! Yeah, if you couldn't not read it. that and know that it was tongue in cheek, like what fucking rock have you just been washed out from under, you idiot? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And Shut I, up and fuck off, which that, was my exact point. And I, and I did, I did agree hundred percent with your point. But then this, she started going spastic and like, like she was going to have a fucking brain aneurysm. And so I thought, okay, I'll Nelson Mandela my way into this motherfucker. And I was like, look, I understand what you're saying. My co-host may have been harsh in his assessment of you. Yeah, which I thought was fairly weak on your behalf. Yeah, and then I, ca- then I proceeded to say in the same tweet, but you're carrying on like a fucking pork chop. <laughs> and then, oh well, whatever you said may have been brutal, but my innocuous pork chop statement, holy shit. You know, I don't know if it was like a... I don't, I don't know what was, but then it started going off, you know, calling you pus nutted half wit. Fucking, at least I've got a real job, and all caps. Clearly, we, you know, we do this for a living. Yeah, we do this for a living, and and and, and because we do, it's not a real job either, because yeah, you know, for whatever reason. But I know. missed a lot of the fallout after my initial um, flaming moment. Yeah, where I um, I did slam her fairly harshly. Yeah, you just fucking threw a, threw a flashbang through the door and just walked away. I did. And, and I had to storm I, the place I, and I was, fucking I, kill everyone inside. <laughs> I was busy um, working my job that wasn't real, apparently, and um, I caught the fallout later, and it's quite entertaining, I have to say. <laughs> Not just for me, but for a lot of the uh, listeners slash uh, followers of the show on Twitter. I mean, I was, I was retweeting selected statements from this person because I knew what had happened. I knew that our listeners would jump in there and start slamming as well, which they did, which is great. And, and we actually got compared to the uh, the murderers of the uh, British soldier. Yeah, we which actually... I thought was... Um, Fucking ridiculous, actually. Yeah. And um, Mick Tracy actually pointed that out. Now, I've slammed that motherfucker so many times on this show, mm-hmm. mercilessly. And I'll probably do it again sometime in this show. In this episode, rather. Um, but he jumped in and said, now you're just being a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, in not so many words, that's in Glen talk. Um, and, you know, comparing them to... <laughs> jihadists like, who just butchered a soldier is probably a little bit harsh. I like the one where they said, uh, where, where they tweeted Twitter. They said, hey, yeah. Twitter, you should just ban this account this week in because they're jerks or you know, or something like that. Yeah. And then, and then and sweet Nigel B jumps in and says, yeah. He did a bit of a hiku haka. <laughs> and he's just coming in and going, oh, fuck. <laughs> I run Twitter. Can, I run can, Twitter? I <laughs> can I be your assistant? <laughs> <laughs> it was great, but it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, and the people enjoyed it, and that's what we do it for. We do it exactly for you guys. We right. do, you know, we we. we no, just no. I, my initial tweet was to actually tell that person to fuck off because yeah. they were a dickhead. Yeah, and, and just much as I would if I encountered that person in day to day real life, as I do quite often, it gets me into trouble, and people get offended. But 
I do have a bad habit of telling people they're dickheads. You got a bad temper. You got anger issues. I don't really. I just have a zero tolerance policy for morons. Yeah, yeah. And I was and I was prepared to try and like smooth it over a little bit. Perhaps I shouldn't have called him a fucking pork chop. Maybe subconsciously I was trying to get an egg it off further <laughs> because I had a fucking I had a ball. I mean I love I love fucking surgically removing people from Twitter. I love it. I fucking love it. It's good times. It's 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 fucking great times. And um and if you can't take a joke, yeah, you're probably following the wrong account and uh needless to say, that's not an option anymore because I think we're pretty much blocked and uh, you know, good. How unfortunate. Best Friday ever. <laughs> Best Thursday ever, whenever it happened. <laughs> now, we put it out to you guys, uh, the worst buy ever. I'm sad to say that um, didn't really get many T-Rexes in there. No. And maybe it's because he's like out of sight, out of mind, because he's injured at the moment. Maybe that that you know worked to his benefit. But um, yeah, surprise. But we did get a couple of common ones. Um, Beer Boy 182, among others as well, uh, came out with the uh, and uh, JR underscore Buff came out as well with uh, Greg Smith NFL to the Knights Jeff Fennick to the Eels Carl Webb Chris Walker Fatarira triple non-threat to the Eels uh, we got uh, CA Photo 10 said uh, the worst buy in history boys Garrick Morgan former Wallaby that went to the Crushers hash Blair like hashtags in decline um, Andy Kinsey came what? out yeah, I know, I know. Just because just Garrick Morgan's as bad as Adam Blair, that's all. Uh, Matt Orford's stint at the Raiders, That's uh, that we got that a lot too. Um, Nismo Raiders, a Canberra fan, obviously came out and said, worst buy of all time. I see your Adam Blair and remind you of Canberra Raiders, the Canberra Raiders and the failed Matt Orford experiment. Uh, Berkeley Eagle uh, busted out one of my favourites, Chris Bailey. Certainly one of the worst buys that Manly ever had. But yeah, then yeah, again, Manly had some terrible fucking buys in the early 2000s as well. And we didn't have the money for anything better. Mm-hmm. I remember like Grant Wooden and, and uh, Gary Winter, who was like, he was touted. He was a guy that had just got out of jail for murder. <laughs> and, um, weak as piss on the field, though. I like I like Greg Smith. He's got to be up there. Greg Smith has got to be up I mean, I think... If that- only for his, his treachery and his... Uh- clandestine ways of trying to convince people who's in the NFL which is the biggest fucking sport on the planet yeah. and no one had ever heard of him and the, 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 and one of the most verifiable put things to the you know that you could actually check up on I mean yeah, you know th- no one at the Newcastle Knights thought you know what let's check this guy out no no uh, Shagger113 said uh, Matt Orford to the Raiders and Freako9 came out with one that we didn't get from anyone else Motu Tony to the Broncos from memory, he lasted a season and hardly got onto the field due to injury. Yeah, I remember that. NRL's one. worst buy. Now, we got uh, an email from, uh, it's uh, Tall Hayden on Twitter. And uh, obviously, 140 characters weren't anywhere near enough for him in this case. Uh, and um, he's gone, hey guys, the worst buy in history, it's not Adam Blair, I swear. So this player had represented their country at international level, not Adam Blair. <laughs> He had been a major part of a premiership winning team. Not Adam Blair. Part of a team that won the minor premiership multiple times. It's not Adam Blair. He'd been under scrutiny for illegal tactics. It's not Adam Blair. Was signed to bring aggression and aggro to the team. It's not Adam Blair. He was signed by the West Tigers. It's not Adam Blair. Yeah. It sounds like Adam Blair, but it's not. It's stick a finger in my ass at John Hopoate. The former international, former New South Wales representative, former premiership winning and multiple minor premiership winning player. The player who was one year, only one try off being the top try scorer. The notorious hard man was a dud buy in history when he was signed by the West Tigers. Not only did he fail to make a positive impact on the field, scoring only five tries in 2000. Made a positive impact on some people's sphincters. He managed, well you say, you say people from, numerous people from prostate cancer, I imagine. 
he managed to damage the reputation of a club so bad that there were calls for the team to be kicked out of the NRL. He gained international spotlight and negative press for the Tigers in the NRL. He divided the team, caused disharmony, and managed to only play five games in 2001 after being banned for sticking his finger into the arse of opposing players. <laughs> the Tigers probably spent more on legal defence for this moron in the time he was there than they do for Adam Blair's contract. To top it off, he was re-signed by Manly, played Reggie's after his suspension, and topped the comp for metres game. <laughs> he, he then goes on to have a son who can actually play and doesn't get into sign with the Tigers. John Hoffard is the worst boy in history. Well done, West Tigers recruitment. <laughs> I don't know what to say that. He makes a compelling argument. He certainly does. So just to clarify, it's definitely not Adam Blair. No, but it's sort of... I mean, when you see the parallels with Adam Blair and Hoppawati, you go, oh yeah, wow. Adam Blair really is shit. (laughs) And, you know, if we ask this... You know, if if this show is still going in 10 years' time, we ask the question, I'm pretty sure Adam Blair would be getting the same sort of material as uh, as, uh, Greg Smith. I'd say. Jeez, that's (laughs) a harsh call on Greg Smith. Well, you know... He wasn't. He wasn't very good. He wasn't very good. <laughs> he at wasn't all. very good at rugby league, which was unfortunate because he was trying to be a professional rugby league player. And for some reason, we got a lot of feedback on last week's episode. Some selected stuff uh, we had uh, from Matt McLeod, who is uh, strangely enough at Matt McLeod on Twitter. Mm, Surprised he spelled it right. You two are a pair of idiots, but Captain Murderbit was hilarious. Well done. Oh, he's complimenting us. He's a compliment. So you fucking accept it. It'd be nice. Uh, we got um, CJ Dixon. What happened to Twill underscore quotes? Probably because you haven't said anything funny in weeks. Hash Gronks. Let's block that fuckhead. <laughs> he's right up the category of Ghost Storm 1. He's uh, he's uh, he's actually in a world of hurt at the moment. Good. He had a bet on the weekend. Um, he's, a, he's a Parramatta supporter. He had a bet with uh, Mup, who's, you know, leading contender for oh, Rock of the Year. Mm. Titans fan. And their bet was... The, the points Shit difference... Fan, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, the points difference between uh, the Gold Coast and Parramatta, for that many days, the loser would have to have the club logo as their display picture on, on Twitter. Oh, Jesus, that got beaten by a thousand. Yeah, so he's got it until, like, July. I think he's got it until the 3rd of July, so literally the 4th of July is Independence Day for him this year. <laughs> but that's a long fucking time to lose a bet. I mean, just you wouldn't think you're going to get flogged by that's 40. That's the sort of bet I'd agree to and yeah. lose. Yeah. Uh, Benny27, I've now become a fan of the podcast at TWI League. These two blokes are funny, but still good for proper NRL talk. Hashtag is in decline. How quick the young ones learn. I'm so proud. <laughs> uh, X Andrew Thank John you for joining X. us. Now fuck off. X Andrew John X. Thanks for another great show. Hash best NRL podcast. Hash fuck Melbourne. Hash Tigers in decline. Gotta love that. Joey, really? love your work, Joey. I don't have to. I don't have to love it. And I won't love it. I refuse to love it, Nathan. And, uh, yeah. So, then, on uh, on Facebook, Matt Boyle, who um, long-term listeners will remember as a guy that did uh, the ESL wrap-up back in the day. Hmm. Uh, you might remember him talking like a fuckhead and not being able to understand him, needing an interpreter. Gave us a present for you. After all that filth. Hillbilly Haiku. Blakely is confused. The Tigers are in decline. But refs cheat cowboys. I think there's something in that for all of us. Don't you? Don't you? Um, yeah. I don't have any witty limericks this week. <laughs> yeah, you, you used up far more, than, far more poetry skills than you ever possessed <laughs> in one week. Okay, uh, no one actually slammed the clock because, you know, either they, 
they're scared. Too, they're too scared to, or they just fucking love the clock. Let's call it the Ghost Storm One Memorial Timepiece. The thing is, I think we've we finally won people over. It hurt at first. It was uncomfortable at yeah. first for them. Yeah, they love it. But now they love a bit of clock. <laughs> they love bang up for the clock. The longer the clock is, the better they love it. And like you know, they've they, they've they've become used to it now. They've they they become more accommodating to the clock. Yes. And they just <laughs> some people are asking whether it's a black clock. <laughs> and that's officially the end of that sequence. <laughs> Here we go. Story came out that I saw uh, in the in the news today that uh, Mal Meninga tried to brainwash Blake Ferguson into playing for Queensland. And subsequently realised Blake Ferguson does not have a brain. The uh, the story went that uh, that Blake Ferguson was born in Sydney. He um, played all his football in Sydney. At one stage, I think he at least he or maybe his you know other brothers and sisters were removed by docks and they were placed somewhere in northwestern New South Wales, a place called Wellington, I believe. That's in Queensland. Apparently, um, the only possible connection he has to Queensland is that his uh, natural father is in Townsville. Who or something clearly like doesn't that. have a lot to do with him. Exactly. And so, yeah, Mal Meninga tried to tell him that, you know, he could be the next Greg Inglis and just fucking skirt the thing and, you know... Because he became a mentor back in the... I think he played for, like, a president's whatever that Mal was a coach of back in the... Or the Prime Minister's 13 or something back in the day that Mal was a coach of or something. And that, that he became a mentor to him and he's he sure showed the crime. Just Mal being a wag. What's trying to have a laugh. Well, he's a funny man. Yeah, oh, he's, he's fucking... A jolly fruiter. Yeah, he's, he's hilarious. He's a jolly fruiter. I'll never forget the footage of him in the dressing rooms at halftime in his coaching Canberra where he was kicking fucking eskies across the room. You remember that? Mm. He was trying to get rid of the rats yeah. and the filth. And I'll, and I'll, uh, and, and I'll never forget his, uh, his wonderful 42-second or whatever political career. <laughs> and speaking of Captain Murder, <laughs> you know... Mal's got a connection to <laughs> there's murder in his we're not, family we're too. We're not going to bring that up. Okay, Thank um, you. Matty Bowen is going to miss up to six weeks after a knee injury. He had some surgery today as we record the show. Uh, Gavin Cooper, he's gone for three as well with an injury. So what does that mean for Matty Bowen? We're into round twelve. He hasn't been very good this year to start with. So that's going to be round eighteen before he comes back. Playing for a contract. Well, there's already talk that they're not that they they're not talking. If they're not talking by now. Yeah, well, yeah, that's all. I mean. When he's going on a six-week break, I don't mean he's playing for a contract with the Cowboys. I mean he's playing for his, yeah. his future somewhere, whether it's in England or whatever. You'd think that's where he's going to likely end up. You would think he could fucking carve up in England for a year at least and get like a nice super payout. Well, you look at Sam Tompkins, yeah, who's universally regarded as one of the greatest Englishmen, yeah, to ever lace a boot. And quite frankly, I mean, every time he's come up against Australia, he's done three parts of fuck all, mm-hmm. mainly because he's scared. Um, Matt Bowen has got Sam Tompkins for pace, footwork, defensive ability, and uh, generally is an overall better human, mainly because he's not English. Yeah. Apart from the whole DM thing on Twitter. Well, yeah, there's that, which is a little bit of a sordid undertale that we heard about. Um, but, yeah, Matty Bowen, England. That's where I think it'll be next year. Probably at Salford. Okay. Salford. Cool. He'd probably he'd probably perform very well at Salford. In fact, I think Matt Bowen will go to Salford. Matty Bowen will go to Salford, or he will fucking. I could fucking keep this up all or, night. Or fuck. Or his all fucking night. plane will ditch in the ocean before he gets there. But there is no such fucking place called Salford in the fucking world. It's a fucking English language, Governor. <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. Just as before we started recording tonight, uh, the mole, aka Tony Adams uh, from Rugby League Week. Uh, really? So, yeah. 
Yeah. I didn't know that. Sure. Well, there no. you know. Breaking. You just outed him. Sorry, I thought everyone knew. Tony Adams, regularly weak. Breaking. Three people have now told Molly that Benji was at the Bulldogs today. Hmm. And I saw a follow-up tweet later saying that he had heard then, you know, as he started to investigate, he was there to see the doctor, you know, for a second opinion or some, you know, advice on his turf toe condition. Well, it makes Abraham. sense. I mean, the dogs are obviously, you know, leaders in the field of turf toe. I mean, how many Bulldogs players have had turf toe? Zero. Because you know what? Leaders in the field. Benji's just shot straight to the top. Could you imagine Sends Benji at the dogs, External. Though? Oh, fucking please. Benji's a tiger for life. Albeit on a much reduced fucking figure than what he was hoping to get. I dare say he's cost, him, he's cost himself two million in a month. I reckon <laughs> that's worse than like you know some of the, yeah that's worse than you know, yeah like Russell Crowe gambling debt kind of money. Look, I still think Benji will sign with the Tigers, and quite frankly, I still think he'll get the money that they were initially talking about, which is kind of a bit ridiculous. Um, I think it's a cent over three. I'll tell you one thing: it's not going to happen, people. and that's that Benji's going to pull on a Bulldogs jumper. Fuck, it'd be funny if you did, though. You'd laugh and laugh. And you'd laugh, too, with me, because the Tigers would start to fucking move up the table, and the Bulldogs would move down, and we'd, oh, the fucking the, the mirth. The mirth, Glenn, I tell you. Imagine. You'd be upset Benji at the Marshall start. throwing, running across field, and throwing, like, under, under ball, fucking hospital, sorry, under, what, you know that fucking second man play where he runs and the winger's a bit confused he doesn't know whether to stay out or go under him T-Rex out there having a bludge on the wing sees Benji running across the field in his direction going oh this is all too fucking hard this what thing, am I going to do it doesn't matter Bro. it doesn't matter Like it could be T-Rex out there it could be Bo Ryan it could be fucking Corbidi it doesn't it could be Wolfman Williams it doesn't fucking matter when the ball's getting past two metres above your head Unless you're Edric Lee and you're that tall. Maybe that's what they need to do. They need to fight Lee put him on the outside. Because honestly, it it, does, it just doesn't matter who it is otherwise. At all. Um, Maybe it could be Wolfman Williams because he normally sits fucking in the third row of the grandstand because he's always injured. He'd probably catch Benji's passes. Yeah, yeah but he's what, what, he, he was injured when he scored, what was it, two tries in the weekend? We'll get to that. Now, origin size. That's the big news story of the week, of course. We come to that time of year. Joyous, joy time of year. Um... The origin side's been named, uh, just quickly, New South Wales Blues. Well, the initial an- uh, announcement, anyway. I mean, we've had the withdrawal of, you know, the happy withdrawal of Kirk Gidley. But New South Wales, as they were named, Jared Hayne, Brett Morris, Michael Jennings, Josh Morris, Blake Ferguson makes his debut, Maloney makes his debut, Mitchell Pearce, Paul Gallen, Robbie Farrar, James Tamau, Ryan Hoffman returns, Luke Lewis and Greg Bird. Fafita debuting off the interchange, Trent Merrin returns, Watmo returns, Gidley was named, he's injured. And New South Wales rejoiced. It joyous joy. They really did. Because he's fucking horrible and everyone knows it. And Queensland, there was a there was like a, a massive like oh, fuck. Because they realise for once they'd be playing seventeen men. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, uh, now word is I mean I don't think it's been officially announced uh, as we we're recording the show, but I, I, I did hear that um Josh Reynolds and uh, John Sutton 
were being brought into squad with no decision at this stage as to who the the uh, person would be. I honestly wish they had have gone another way. I wish they had have brought uh, Tim Grant in. He has that. He seems to have that attitude where he hates Queenslanders and he's a, he's a big boy and there's not a lot of size in there as it is. And I think you know someone like Luke Lewis and Greg Bird, they could you know be more utility and filler in any places they need to. I mean, they couldn't cover a fullback injury, but you know. But I mean, fuck! If you have to go into a game on the, you know, with someone covering every position on the field or whatever, yeah. yeah. Like, at the end of the day. Exactly. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, shit happens and players get injured. But if you're going into a game, going well, expecting to need to cover. You know, if your fullback goes down, uh, you know, we should probably have a fullback on the bench. Like, fuck yeah. off! You yeah. need four forwards. Yeah. Or maybe three big forwards and and a utility. Yeah. To cover maybe a fucking hooking role, if you're going to split the hooking role and give a different dimension from there. Yep. Um, yeah. So the whole Gidley being such a fabulous utility just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. If you're going to have that utility role, you'd probably have a Reynolds. And quite frankly, he's fucking garbage anyway. Well, yeah, well, he's not a very good footballer. I don't understand how he keeps getting a run. He's universally regarded as, as somewhat of a fucking god around Newcastle. Um and just even the coverage last night, well, yes, everyone knows what Kirk Italy brings to a, to an origin side uh, with his competitiveness. Two-fifths of um, fuck all. I'm like, really? Nothing. He I'll brings... tell you what Kirk Italy's brought to origin sides for the last seven years. Defeat. Fucking comprehensive and fucking crushing defeat. Exactly. And, so um, you're right, everyone does know what he brings to it. He still gets picked. And everyone celebrated as much as they celebrated about Shut the... Shut the uh, fuck up, Gaznia. About the demise of Kurt Gidley, there were celebrations. It was like the fucking end of Return of the General. I don't even know if it was Gaznia. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, but he annoys me with every word that he speaks, so yeah. I'm just going to lump him in there. Could be Ike, and he's a bit of a fuckwit too. Um, but the one that slipped under the radar, Ben Cray. Gornski. Well, Now that is something worth celebrating. New South Wales have taken the softest parts out of their side. Look, the, the, only, the only selection that matters is the selection of R. Farah in the number nine jersey. In his rightful place. The guy who lost the, the, who lost the series for the New South Wales last year with his game three. What's the opposite of heroics? Um, I don't know. Blair, Whatever the opposite of his Blair, game two ga- game Blair, was. Blair, Blair, Blair oricks. Right. He made one error and made 600 tackles. Um, yeah, and um, and that error was the fucking game losing error. No, Nathan, I just I was fucking there. I think I remember you, you were there with there. me. You were standing in Caxton Street watching it with me. Yeah, we were both and there watching you were it. Blind. I wasn't blind. I didn't have any Robbie drinks. Robbie made one error at the end when the game was already uh, well within Queensland's grasp and and uh, tied. I think you're. Uh, <laughs> I think you've been tied. far too harsh on the man that made you know. Put aside the tragedy of his mother's passing and made, you know, give or take, I can't remember the exact figure, I'm pretty sure it was about 5,000 tackles in yeah. game two, uh, to, to single-handedly deliver victory for New South Wales. Ultimately, it wasn't enough because you didn't have enough players in the team that were willing to, to put in for another game and give them two victories, which would give them a series win, Nathan. Could you imagine that? New South Wales winning a series. Can't. Hmm? I can't. It doesn't make any sense to me. I've never seen it. You know, there's children. There's children. I was watching walking the streets, Nathan, entering, you know, like the formative years of their of their education. They've never encountered a New South Wales Origin victory. So, just saying. 
Who fucking cares? <laughs> There's kids walking around the streets that haven't seen a West Tigers premiership. There's kids... Your point's lost on me, Nathan. I don't understand what you're talking about. Let's move on to the next point, shall we? There's kids walking around oh, the streets. Look, a state of origin app. Hang on. There's kids walking the I'm streets. still making a point. All of my kids haven't seen West Tigers even fucking successful. They've barely seen them in the finals. And you I know think what? Your children need to pay more and, attention. And you, know, and you know what? It and, doesn't. And I need. I think they need to adjust their perception of success. But this is the other. This, 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 this is the key. But, for what me. I'm, but what I'm saying is, despite that, I don't think that has fuck all to do with their life in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Um, I was watching some Origin highlights um, through the week just to get just to get interested in Origin again because I always find before and I'm kind of like, oh, you know, fucking Manly players getting sucked out of the side and I just want Manly to win. And then people. But then, start, like then, cats but, then, but then you start to get, you know, then, then people start to get fired and you're like, yeah, fuck, all right, I'm starting to feel it now. I'm feeling it. Watched uh, Luke O'Donnell, fuck, it was it 2011 highlights? Killing people. Or 2010? That was absolutely... The original Captain Murder. That was fucking some of the best shit I've ever seen in my life. And I had almost completely forgotten about it. But somebody come in and just got, was it fucking Kronk? Or was it and just uh, Slater? And just fucking dumped him straight on his head. <laughs> straight away in the game. Oh, and I laughed at the laugh. It was so funny. And I thought, this guy, why couldn't you play better, man? Like, what, what, when you, I mean, that's the kind of guy you need, like a dude that just doesn't give a fuck because Origin has got pretty much got diplomatic immunity to a certain extent of, you know, what you can get away with. And, um, like, you know, like, remember Mark Guy back in the day? Did he get one week for that game where he, like, he flying elbow, um, Peter Jackson, <laughs> flying elbow, Paul Hoff, <laughs> knocked all those motherfuckers out? Like that that shit that that shit's fucking for me that that's awesome origin shit. Brett White, fucking oh man. It got me it got me fired up though, and I, I think Luke O'Donnell should be brought into camp. Just to just to you know, they talk about, you know, putting the passion and all that stuff just in. Teach murder. That guy, seriously, like he he fucking hates Queensland. <laughs> like with a white hot rage. He just hates people. Oh, Luke O'Donnell. Yeah. Maybe. You know what he needs to do? He needs to get around with his shirt off more. That'll make people around him happy. He's your favourite non Polynesian. Motherfuckers carved out of granite. If caramel was, if they were out of caramel, and you had to go vanilla, if you absolutely had to go <laughs> vanilla. It. If, if all, and there was no couriers available to bring more caramel, <laughs> and the caramel trucks had run dry. <laughs> Look, O'Donnell would get the call. <laughs> and up. the NATO forces hadn't in, invaded some faraway land with like some surplus supply of underground caramel, and I had to go vanilla. Luke O'Donnell's my man. Oh, fucking thirsty bitch, Glenn. Um, now. <laughs> Queensland, Billy Slater, Darius. There's, the Queensland, there's very, 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 very few surprises. Billy Slater, Darius Boyd, Greg Inglis, Justin Hodges, Brent Tate, Jonathan Thurston, Cooper Cronk, Matt Scott, Cameron Smith, David Shillington, Sam Thiday, Nate Miles, Ashley Harrison. There's not a fucking surprising thing there. Uh, then we've got the interchange. Corey Parker, arguably a little bit touch surprising. Ben Teo, now he could be... There's, there has been he talk. Could be he New could Zealander. Get, he, yeah, he's, well, yeah, that, that's in Queensland, though. But... um. Yeah, you know, he's obviously had a little bit, of an, little bit of an issue, which could see him removed as an aside, depending on how it goes. I don't think did it'll happen. Did he play last year? Did he get a run last year? In the last didn't game? he? I think he, I, he, I think he did. I think he uh, did. Matt. Now, what is this Matt Gillett shit going on at the moment? Gillett. Gillett. Apparently, Gillett. that's how he wants it pronounced. Dude's been playing for three or four years, and all of a sudden, it's it's, it's fucking jarring. Who the fuck does he think he is? Well, I you'd think that he this would. Is, this is a worse travesty than Rocher and Rocker. Well, I don't think it's a travesty. I just think that. Why wouldn't I mean like they've been trying that Rocco shit since day one, like so they've they've had a story and they've stuck to it. 
I mean, they're wrong. It's Rochow, but... Wally Gillette's, said, Gillette's been Gillette for fucking years. It's pronounced exactly the same as Razors. And pronounced exactly the same. At, no, it's not. <laughs> That's Where are we it. Going with it's that? fucking Gillette. It's, it's, it's going to be... I'm going to keep calling Gillette because... I, I think it's just... A guy that I... I you know, it I, renders people's banners fucking ridiculous now. Now they can't have that banner that says, you know, Gillette, the best, ma- the best a man can get. No, no, it's those Gillette's got nothing to do with the Razors, motherfucker. Gillette. It's hot as a skillet. Doesn't have the same sort of fucking effect, yeah. does it? Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, I can't spell. Anyway, <laughs> Michael Gillette, former uh, halfback superstar for the Biamain Tigers slash West Tigers in their formative years. Um, a gentleman that I used to work with back in the day. And... Um, very, very... Uh, Fuck, he would have got sick of you. Very humble man. Fuck, I used to be mouthy. <laughs> but I used to jump to his defence when people... Yeah, this is the thing. This is in the Super League. You know, he was in playing for Balmain in the, in the midst of the Super League sort of dealio. And um, so he was semi-professional. So he was working a day job. Yep. And then going to training of an afternoon. And um, and you'd get customers who obviously knew who he was, etc. Yep. And, and then suppliers that we used to interact with. And they'd ring up and bag the fuck out of him about how he played on the weekend. Fuck. And I used to take great offence to that. And they'd get on the phone, he's like, yeah, what about Mick? You know, dropping that ball. And fuck, I used to fly up. And he's like, you don't have to do that, mate. I said, I oh, know, I don't. And But I just get a little bit fiery, Michael. <laughs> just get a little bit angry. <laughs> I've got this white-hot rage inside me that just burns. <laughs> and I need to let it out, otherwise... I don't know what will happen. Do do you want some of this? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um, But anyway, his surname is pronounced the same. Gillette. There you have it. Gillette. Apparently went to Wally Lewis and said that's how it's pronounced, mate. And didn't go to anyone else and everyone's just taking Wally's word for it. This is a guy that's had fucking part of his brain cut out. (laughs) You know, maybe a little bit more more fucking discretion. You know, maybe take into account, you know, your source. That's all I'm saying. You know, think of the source of your information. That's think, like, yeah, I mean, you know, he's actually had some of his brain removed. Um, and I'm not even being funny. <laughs> so, fucking settle down. Chris McQueen. You gonna change? How about that? Um, I like him as a player. I saw a funny tweet saying, is he gonna get his Queensland number tattooed on his other neck? <laughs> well, this is the, 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 the thing with McQueen is, I mean, it was obviously, you know, Greg Ingalls always gets a run, so there's this Queensland pandering to fucking South Sydney Rabbitohs. selected someone. how about Chris McQueen's loyalty to South Sydney and, the, and his love for the club? I mean, I have to give him a rap. Like, how many players go and they get their club number tattooed on them? I can understand, like, your Australian representative number or your Queensland number. Did you ever hear the story about Brent Tate with his Queensland tattoo? No. He and his dad went to a tattooist to get matching Queensland tattoos with his Queensland player number on it. Yeah. And um, Brent Tate was like, nah, nah, I don't think I can do it, Dad. They went there, that's the tattooist. He yeah. said, nah, I can't do it. And his dad went through with it and got it, got like the Queensland Q yeah. symbol with his son's player number underneath on his inside of his arm. Yeah. Brent Tate, Cat. shit son. Wow, that's fucking terrible to do that. How can you do that to your da? That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> He's fucking killed his da. We didn't. Oh, jeez, that's a bit <laughs> Fucking hell. Sorry, oh, that's... I a... was probably a little bit disappointed. I didn't think he was dead. Sorry, that was, that's a movie reference, and we'll see who comes out with that one first. <laughs> State of Origin app. There's an app, um, and uh, as the publicity would have you believe, State of Origin is about to go state of the art. 
for the, fir- <laughs> for the first uh-huh. time. Uh-huh. For the first time, viewers will be able to get into the director's chair and tell their own origin experience. So, Channel 9 is looking to provide ways of uh, more, more innovative coverage for the series opener on June 5th. So, they have this new uh, jump-in app, it's called, which will allow viewers to access the multiple camera angles used by Channel 9. We've got an app this year that's being launched called Jump In. It allows people to cut their own pictures of the game to choose what camera angles they want, said Nine's head of sport, Steve Crawley. That will allow them to use state-of-the-art technology that we trialled in the Australian New Zealand test this year. Everyone can be a director. They can cut their own pictures. They can go through Twitter or Facebook, get live stats. There'll be a great number of angles you can pick from, so you can put it together how you want to. I imagine people will have a lot of fun with that. There'll be a lot of amateur video referees and stuff going on too. I mean, if you can get access to some camera angles. The best thing it'll be is, you know, when like a like a massive brawl breaks out in back play, they often don't revisit how it'll, you know, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. But if you've got access to your other camera angles, you can get back there and be like, oh, that's a fucker, yeah. That'd be good. I'll be using it for sure. As long as it's free. Fucking fuck paying for it. But <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's a very good point. Is there any indication in there? doesn't say, it? no, no, there's nah, nothing right. said. Be... I mean, it, it, it would want to be free. You, you'd think, I mean, because they obviously want people to get on board with it. And I think people... It'll have to be at least free for a period of time or something like that, so that Certainly people can actually idea, get hooked. But, I mean, I don't know if I'd use it. Yeah, I'm not very smart with stuff like that. I have yeah. to say, I'd mess around with it. But I would just hope that there'd be something like awesome to to do, like you know, like a bit or something that you could frame up and you know get some angles, cut it up, be awesome. Are you gonna have that copter thing or the um, spider cam? Spider cam's been a little bit scarce lately. I'm gonna be honest. I never even I never really noticed that fucking thing when you're actually at a game. Of you, you kind of notice it, but then I remember at the it was at the first game of the season, mainly the Broncos, mm. and I didn't even care, like because I was focused on the field, I didn't really care what was happening above it. But then you know, the guy sitting next to me, he was just like fucking things annoying the shit out of me, like he was actually getting fired up about it. So you know, and the fox copter, yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that busted out at Broncos games. Maybe oh, yeah. I saw I wanna, it was on Friday night. I want to control the fox copter. How about that? Drive it straight to fucking Thurston. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine if um, if the the cameraman or the guy with the remote control was a, a massive New South Wales fan, and JT makes a big break, dummies runs, makes a break, he's got a 60, 60 meter run, Slashes and he looks like there's like not a, no one around him, and then he just runs face first into the fox copter. <laughs> or you go like that. It's like. Uh, it's like a two-on-one situation and they got the fullback to beat or whatever and, you know, the, the guy with the ball, you know, he goes with the draw and pass and then comes the helicopter and knocks the ball down. <laughs> <laughs> Sensational. I can see Robbie Farrow ta- tackling the Foxcopter. Yeah. He, we... When he's run out of players, the tackle will just move on to fucking Apparatus. Sounds like you've got, you're on New South Wales this year. You just want to fucking... Just... I'm on Robbie Farrow. Yeah, I, yeah, I can Robbie tell. Robbie Farrow in a successful uh, series, albeit in defeat. A successful defeat series. Well, I mean, that's the metrics that they've been working off at the club level for years now. So, <laughs> all right. Um, he can play like a champion, and all the rest of the nufties can't get the job done. There's no doubt about it. He did it in game two last year. 60 fucking odd tackles. Matt Bowen does that fucking weekly. Julia Gillard has fucked off Tom. Yes. The NRL, well, the government made the proposal, and the NRL has backed it. Uh, Julia Gillard, Prime Minister, announced uh, that this ban will put an end to live crosses to bookmakers and gambling representatives such as Tom Waterhouse. 
or Matt Jenkins on or near the field of play. Nine has already had to adopt measures to distinguish Waterhouse from the commentary team during NRL matches, but viewers complain they've been bombarded by commercials for his betting company. It was revealed last week that the NRL's negotiations with Waterhouse to become the game's official gaming partner had broken down. The NRL has not pursued another betting agency to fill that role and is also reviewing its corporate partnerships with gambling operators. I wonder if Tom Waterhouse took the fucking negotiations out the back behind a screen and put a bullet in their fucking head. As is his way. Possible. Now, the thing that, I, the, the, like that, that's all well and good. I mean, you know, the whole fuck off Tom thing's really working, which is fantastic. It's magnificent. How, however, and Dave Smith, well, that's the Dave Smith quote was, the overwhelming sentiment is that we do not want to see betting as the primary focus of our game. Fans, and particularly young fans, should not be subject to excessive promotion of betting during matches. Agree 100%. Fantastic. Now, this is the part that I do not agree a number of well-known identities, including journalist Tracy Spicer, lawyers Chris Murphy and Adam Huda, and ABC grandstand manager Craig Norenbergs, used Twitter to hit out the promotion of Waterhouse during Friday night's broadcast of the Bulldogs-Broncos match. Seven ads and counting. Hash fuck off Tom, Spicer tweeted at one stage. Norenbergs replied to at, you know, at Spicer Tracy, and Tom Waterhouse is better known in our house than Benji Marshall. Is that healthy? The hashtag fuck off Tom was trending in Brisbane during the match. Now I I think that's fantastic the fuck off Tom's now, trending. But we, did you, who started that? In my opinion We didn't comes, start it. No, no, we didn't I, start I mean, it. I know I didn't. I mean I mean clearly we had, you know, we played our part in popularizing it. But I would attribute the start of it to it's either at Mad Cow's disease or at Supergrava Four. They're the first two I saw using it and they were talking about like the genesis, you know, of actually it, to me when it first started happening, it was one of those guys for sure. Right. And I know that Supergrava Four also uh, made a petition online. Yeah. Um about it. So so I'd attribute it to one of those two and I think it's ridiculous that these people like you know I know that we we certainly grab the ball and run with it. Tracy but, um, come lately, fucking has come in here, sweeping in like, you know, she's some kind of fucking pioneer. Hey, hey, hey. No one owns hash fuck off time. I would just like to see the originators of it, Jono and Dave, maybe get some fucking coverage rather than oh, these, you know, fuck, alleged... Could you imagine Ham Hocks getting into the fucking paper because he made a hashtag? <laughs> what about the fucking hastily cobbled together fucking I notes fucking letter that he'd write <laughs> with his Ham Hocks mashing away at his iPad saying how great he was? And how great a teacher he is, and how he's got the, you know, the future of the children in his hands because he made a fucking hashtag. Fair, God, fair enough. Thank God, Ms. Spicer has run with it and he's given it a face, Mate, albeit I'm just... a lot prettier than hash. I mean, hash. Jono's a dickhead. At Mad Cow's disease, because quite frankly, her face is a lot better than his. I just like to see credit where it's due. That's it. that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I just don't want another fucking long letter. Because MC Barbecue, he got on the, the Age website and actually he was on TV as well. Like, yeah. It took bits of his clip. So that's sensational. But, uh, you know, well done there. Good times. Okay, uh, the Bulldogs. Well, you know, this afternoon when I was getting some show notes together, they'd only shortlisted her, but it's since come out since we started recording that Canterbury have broken new ground and given a woman a key role in the running of an NRL club, appointing New Zealander Raylene Castle as their new chief executive. She is the chief executive of Netball New Zealand. Uh, this appointment is expected to be announced in Sydney on Wednesday afternoon, so I guess that's uh, this afternoon as you're listening to the show. Now, no woman has been an NRL club chief executive, although Liz Dawson, another Kiwi, was the chief executive of the Adelaide Rams during the 1997 Super League season. 
While the former NRL board and ARL commission have had female directors, it's a sort of appointment which rugby league had been accused of shying away from in terms of being an inclusive sport. Netball's increasing popularity in New Zealand has occurred on Castle's watch as she's headed up NNZ since 2007. She flew into Sydney today ahead of the announcement and has a background in sports event and corporate management and also rugby league ties as her father Bruce captained New Zealand in one test in the 60s. So she will replace Todd Greenberg. He then moves to his post in the uh, NRL Commission, uh, ARL Commission, um, in July. We've just had women in league round, mm-hmm. and we've had a lot to say about Robert Louis playing in there and, and, and saying that the NRL isn't really... It, there's things that the NRL are doing which flies in the face of, of all the positive things that happen with women in league round, and I think this... Uh, uh, Posting by the Bulldogs is, is a strong sign that, um, you know, as far as women in league go, I know they do celebrate a lot of the grassroots involvement um, from women that do a great job, but to see a female at the top of one of the NRL clubs is, is a really positive sign and yep. can only um, enhance the um, the profile of women in in league and um, and hopefully there's there's more of those sorts of appointments to come. At the end of the day, the, the person that's best for the job should be... Uh, the one that gets the job rather than um, selecting on gender alone. Agree, agree, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, I interesting. Guess... Uh, you know, given the Bulldogs' last Mad Monday celebrations, I would imagine it would be handled a lot differently. Sounds like though that she can she can handle uh, that sort of stuff. Um, and she's unafraid to speak her mind. Earlier this year, she labelled the Australian market as chauvinistic as she battled to seal the broadcast partner for Netball's ANZ Championship. So, um, yeah, interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a good move from the dogs. I mean, she seems to have the uh, the credentials that you need for you know, that sort of position, so it doesn't seem to be a token thing or you know anything no. like that. So um, you know, good on her getting the role, and anyone's better than Greenberg, <laughs> scumbag. Wow, you really hate that guy. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how she goes. Um, Greenberg was obviously a, um, a very high profile and and very in your face um, sort of leader. As far as the Bulldogs went, he never really shied away from the media and was quite a high profile. So it'd be interesting to see um, if a similar approach is taken. Yeah, and uh, and I look forward to a fantastic Twitter relationship with uh, Raylene Castle as well. Unlike the relationship with Todd Greenberg, which ended suddenly when I was blocked about two days after he got on Twitter. <laughs> Next, Asada bringing in the big guns. The world's leading anti-doping prosecutor who played a central role in the cases of Lance Armstrong and Marion Jones has joined the ASADA investigation into the use of banned substances in the NRL and AFL in a key development on Monday that came out. uh, Colorado-based sports lawyer Richard Young has been enlisted to help the doping watchdog on an ongoing basis as it prefers to enter the fifth month of its investigation without a scalp and with no conclusive end in sight. We can confirm Asada has engaged Richard Young to assist us in our investigation, an Asada spokesperson said. Young led the pursuit and sealed the downfall of Armstrong and prosecuted a string of other high-profile cases. He's been enlisted by the Australian anti-doping officials to move their own investigation towards a successful conclusion. Um, News of his assistance more than three months after the Australian Crime Commission report on drugs, corruption and organised crime in sport landed is significant. His expertise in anti-doping field is unrivaled. Not only was he the principal draftsman of the World Anti-Doping Code, but he has an unmatched reputation as an investigator and trial lawyer in performance-enhancing drugs cases. He's also the senior prosecutor in the Balco episode. 
that uh, led to American Sabrina Jones being stripped of her Olympic medals. Uh, the United States Anti-Doping Agency's lawyer in the 2007 case against disgraced Tour de France winner Lloyd Landis, Floyd Landis and was USADA's lead outside lawyer on the Armstrong case. So, um, he's a fucking big deal. He might have heard of him. Kind of I hadn't deal. heard of him, but I have um, heard of everything he's done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look, it's a, it's a pretty impressive enrolment. But at the end of the day, if there's nothing to be investigated, I don't give a fuck how good he is. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So I guess we'll figure out, you know, what the what the whole deal is around it. I mean, and it sounds like if if there's anything to be found, you would suspect that this guy, uh, this guy would find it. And they mentioned significantly that in the Lance Armstrong case, particularly, he dealt closely with witnesses who were initially unwilling to come forward and was central as several top riders lifted the lid on the seven-time Tour de France champion and the practices employed by him and his teammates. So, if all they've got is you know suspects and you know maybe you know circumstantial evidence and stuff like that mm. then maybe he might be able to turn that and you know persuade people to turn that into something more significant that actually you know get some convictions well, he's got he's got game we'll give him that mm-hmm. his results uh speak for themselves okay finally um south sydney fans may be less going off you know now they've got mcqueen in the queensland side Inglis, of course is always going to be selected in the queensland side uh, John Sutton joining the squad, whether he gets a run or not. But once again, the non-selection of Nathan Merritt has become a thing. Yeah. South fans going ballistic. I would have thought that his game on Monday night might have um, taken care of that. You'd think so. I mean, Nathan Merritt is uh, he's, he's not a small guy, but he's a small rugby league player. And he's, like, he's at 90 kilos and, you know, regular kind of height. Probably facing up to an onslaught from Greg Inglis, his teammate, who yep. would outweigh him by about twenty kilos, and and At least. and be like ten centimeters taller than him as well, which is you know significant. In... I think he's a great player. He's a great finisher, great um, try scoring player. Yeah, without a doubt, he's a great attacking player. And you know, if I was selecting New South Wales side based on form, I probably would have given him a run. But you know, you can't. A lot of people are making it about race, which I think is a little bit harsh, given yeah. Laurie Daly's Indigenous. Yeah, and he's um, played... He's, I mean, he's kind of playing the race card himself. I mean, and you can't do that. I mean, that's like... You know, Nathan Blacklock was a similar situation, you know. At the end of the day, I think it's got anything to do with race. I think it's got... Origin is about... Is, you know, primarily about defence. I mean, it's a, you know, much harder defensive game. The scores are, generally speaking, lower. Uh, the battles are more closely fought out, generally speaking. And you need someone, you know, when you've got guys the size of Justin Hodges, you know, Greg Inglis coming at you, you know, you need someone with a bit of size. And then the person they, that they presumably selected in his place was uh, Blake Ferguson, who, you know, is almost as tall as Inglis, is almost as heavy mm. as Inglis. So it's probably a decent, you know, physical matchup. Sure. Um, I don't really have a massive issue with him being left out of the side. Having said that, I probably wouldn't have been up in arms had he been selected yeah. um, but the amount of bleating that's been I mean you know to settle the fuck down bring that bad boy back yeah hash settle the fuck exactly. down South I fans. mean you know Aaron Woods possibly the informed front rower of the competition doesn't get a run you know you ain't see me Aaron. I'm just like you gotta suck it up Woodsy it's the way it goes <laughs> I know you'd love to be along you know alongside the greatest New South Wales origin warrior uh, in Robbie Farrer, but... I'd like to think you just matured 
and you like like I have for a long time. We, we both know that hasn't happened, jeez. I I think you, you now you realise see South fans they haven't had success for a very long time, so they don't get it yet. But when your team's successful, guys, <laughs> I don't want to sound condescending, but when your team's successful and you guys don't know anything about that just now, all right, it's just starting. You know, this year you're starting to figure it out a little bit. Your team, when it gets stripped of Origin players, you go into games at half strength and stuff. You might not win those games. Losing sucks. Clubs more important than Origin. Get it through your fucking heads. It's a good thing not to have the players stripped out of the side in Origin period. Trust unless me. You're, unless you know you're one of those upper echelon sides with great depth, much like the West Tigers. So <laughs> Robbie Farrell will be taken out of the side, but it'll be replaced with a, a you know a, a player of equal ability. Who will be replaced um, by? Uh, Gorbachev. <laughs> Masada Yusefa. Straight in, won't miss a beat. On to Premiership Destiny. You're welcome. <laughs> You're fucking retarded. <laughs> Recaps kicking off with Friday night football and shock me the Broncos involved against the Doggies, but they went down on this occasion, 24 points to 14 in front of a... Okay, I will preface this by saying the conditions weren't ideal. ANZ Stadium, 11,000 people in it, just over 11,000 people. Is, uh, may as well be fucking empty, to be honest. Yeah. Um, okay, the Bulldogs, their 24 points came through. Tries to Ben Barber, Sam Cassiano, Aidan Tolman, and Frank Pritchard. Trent Hodkinson, four from four conversions. I say the Keating year is well and truly over. <laughs> fucking so it should have been. Broncos. Not time, I might yeah, add. Exactly. Well, we've been, we've been calling for it for years. Uh, Broncos, should've 14 been, points. Over the days, mum and dad said, why don't you try rugby league, son? He should have said, no. I don't think I'll be very good at that, mum and dad. I was going to say it should have ended the day. No, don't. I know we're young. Stop it. it. <laughs> Thank you. Let's continue with the recap, shall we? You know what I'm saying. Broncos 14. They're going through tries to Josh Hoffman, Jordan Kahu, Lachlan Maranta, Corey Parker. One from three. CP13 in my supercoach side. You did very, very fucking well. But, geez, you know, a couple more goals when you've gone straight. <laughs> The Broncos, uh, I think their lack of a really big experienced meter eater in the forwards was exposed in this game. Um, Tolman, Cassiano, Cassiano rather, um, and Graham, even Pritchard, just fucking had their way with the Broncos forward pack. Yeah, um, and were very impressive. But even the Broncos, they they had opportunities before the game got away from them. Before that last try was scored uh, by the Doggies, and. There was, I remember there was a big break up the right-hand side of the field and they immediately immediately just chucked it infield to, to nothing was really set up. There wasn't like there were runners lining up for it. And then the dogs got the ball back straight away, like, you know, 40 metres out from the try line and, you know, the rest is history. I mean, dumb shit like that. They just... Oh, I don't know what the Broncos are doing. To yeah, I think, I think they're showing again the Broncos at this stage of the season that they are probably overachieving a bit. Um, and they just didn't trouble the Bulldogs who I think even in this game, whilst there was a, a big improvement, especially from Barber, who was a lot more involved, um, I still think they're way off their best, and they handled the, the Broncos fairly easily. Yeah, very, very easily, I thought. Um, lots of hype around Jordan Kahu. The try that he scored shows a little bit of why. 
Um, mm. He has been. There's been a couple of games where he's, he's had large, uh, large periods of, of quiet time in in games, but um, with a couple of flashes of brilliance. But um, I think you know you can see him slowly progressing and developing into the type of player that there's a lot of hype around him becoming. So um, he's getting there. Obviously, the Broncos. I just I just wonder where the Broncos are going to be. Like you know, there's no. They're missing out on the players they're talking to, or they walked away from Dugan as well. Rightfully they so, walked away in, in their opinion, but, um, I just, I just wonder where they're headed. They're, um, you know, there's no real big name signings on the horizon. They're still short in the forwards, um, aging halves. Talk of Wallace wanting out. So interesting, interesting times ahead for the Broncos. But the Bulldogs look like they're, uh, they're building back towards their best and um, the next sort of month or so will be a good indication as to um, just how close to their best they are. Yeah, I would agree with that. Not uh, going to miss Ennis at Origin because he's been, you know, yeah, overlooked yet again for half hour. Don't want to say too much, but a lot of people fucking bleeding about Michael Ennis and all of a sudden he hasn't been picked for fucking two series straight, whatever. And, you know, in New South Wales, you know, he's looking pretty good as a result, I would dare say. Because he is shit. Um, but yeah, um, oh, the Broncos, they, they were so far out of contention in this game, I think. I mean, there were times when it was, you know, it was close and, you know, you were giving the Broncos a chance. But I just think the Can- Canterbury didn't play very well. I thought it was a pretty shitty game. Yet, it still felt like the entire time, that they were, you, know, you know, they were in control the entire time. Broncos, sure. you know. It was tough in the conditions. Though. It was very heavy yeah. going. Yeah. And uh, and for the fans, the hardy fans that's, that struck out there on Friday night. Freak09 on Twitter Said uh, he, he's given us uh, hash Hodges haiku. Said cleared to play tonight. Injured after ten minutes. Time to retire. <laughs> <laughs> and he is terrible with injury. I mean, people might talk about Matai. Difference is Matai doesn't actually leave the game when he has his injury, and then spend five weeks fucking coming back from a hamstring injury like Hodges seems to do. And we and we poke a lot of fun at Dugan as well for being a tampon. God, what do you call? What's Justin Hodges? Fucking Halley's Comet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> At Shark Attack eighty three, there's something about but and Shark Attack eighty three. I'm not sure how many tweets that we've had we've had from him in the past. Burst onto the scene this week, very angry, very angry. That uh, there's something about Barber's head that makes me want to bitch slap it. Hash fuck Ben Barber. Hash he's not that good. Jesus. And I do agree with that second hashtag, but my you know, angry son. Erebus Chaos said, "How good is Hoffman going to got to be one of the best wingers in the game?" Fucking Ennis is a grubby cunt. <laughs> That's just two completely scattered thoughts that bear no relationship to each other. Got Tourette's. Um, yeah, I think Hoffman's a better fullback than he is a winger, but yeah, sure. he's, he's going really well on the wing. Yeah, yeah. He seems to be enjoying a bit. Some like athletic um, attempted finishes, I have to say. One that Barber sort of foiled, but... Yep, yep. I think he's given up on the whole fullback thing now. He's gotten over it and he's just sort of uh, you know, concentrating on what he's doing. Hmm. And let's face it, wing is a pretty sweet position to play. It's not what needs to be done out there <laughs> no, for right. large periods of the game. You certainly don't have the pressure you know, of having to having to you know grab bombs and return ball you know like all the time. Especially like a, with Corey Norman one running uh, to your side of the field. You exactly. know, the ball's not getting past there. Exactly, exactly. Drew underscore Nathan five five dollars says Norman runs into try celebrations yelling, "Let's give the bitch a black eye." <laughs> hash rally towel. Hash mop up the evidence. Oh, At God. Benny two seven. Smart words. Don't trust the man who blinks with every word. Allah, don't trust Tom Waterhouse. And we got a couple of. I, I, I will admit, I totally missed. I didn't. 
pick this up at all. But the next tweet from Fish DMC: Tom Waterhouse blinkathon slash stutterathon. Hash fuck off time. Hash Waterhouse in decline. Clearly nervous. Oh, I mean, about being fucked off. Could you imagine though? Like, I mean, you know, people in, in with a gen, with a you know, general level of celebrity or fame or whatever like that probably are pretty good at just blocking out stuff. But he's getting absolutely panned at government level, man on the street level. Yeah. Other bookies are coming out saying, "Yeah, we really, yeah, we should self-regulate this industry just to fuck him off." I mean, it's it's pretty interesting the the, the massive amounts of uh, of shit he's copying and, uh, and having taken. And I, I quite frankly, I don't feel sorry for him because he probably cries himself to sleep on his fucking million dollar pillows and wipes his tears with fucking hundred dollar bills. So and rolls over and cuddles his mum. Um, I saw one meme where he was sitting at a computer screen. It said, what, how did it go? Go on TV, they said. It'll make you more popular than ever, they said. <laughs> and he's got this face like of disgust looking at the computer screen. <laughs> um, Muggo 8. Rugby league is now officially as weak as piss. If a kicker doesn't want to get hit, stand fucking deeper. Hash Wallace dog cunt. Wow. Anger, I oh know, I oh know. Andy Kins. T-Rex was dropped because even a black jersey couldn't make him look fit. Hash fat Muppet. How do you think about that Canterbury jersey? I liked it. Yeah? I didn't, I didn't really care, care for it that much. I was like, yeah, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't disgusting. No. It wasn't like the Neapolitan ice cream Manly Army jersey of last oh. year, which is one of the worst jerseys I've ever seen in my life. Disgrace. But, uh, you know, it certainly had nothing on any of the Warriors strips, though, or, or 50,000 of them. No, that's right. All of which are fucking great. Exactly, exactly. They're all fucking. They're all great. Um, Cruzy zero six. We're basically bending over and letting this team do us Coffs Harbour style without the spa. And you wouldn't let me say something like that at the top of the show. We really need to get past those sorts of things. Noddy zero zero one three. Ho ho ho! It's Christmas time for the black bearded Santas, at, and he's tagged Frank Pritchard and Cassiano in there. Tries for everyone. Ho ho ho! <laughs> Three card magic trick. Bulldogs getting it done, but if they keep swinging between a win and a loss every week, I'm going to need therapy. Hashtags in decline. At Drew underscore Nathan five. Ha ha ha. Cassiano just hit Norman that hard. He broke Norman's next girlfriend's eye socket. We really need to find a way to get past those sorts of tweets. <laughs> Shane Aaron Elvis. Looks like the Bulldogs might have found that lucky bounce they had last year. Who needs talent when you have flukes? Says the South supporter <laughs> at Matt Oz 1991. Run hard, play through the middle. Wet weather football ain't that hard, Broncos. Hash immature at Chapo the Creator. Tonight, or today, <laughs> today night, today night was a vast improvement from last week. And happy with the two points. Hash cold to the north of the wall. Hash winter is coming. Who's that? The <laughs> Chapo. Fucking moron. Today night. <laughs> Today night. <laughs> oh, oh, that's just that's fantastic. Ambervale Public School. <laughs> that is just graduated fantastic. year three. Oh, that is just fantastic. Let's go to the other Friday night what game, shall we? Today night, mum. <laughs> fuck are you talking about, you stupid fucking kid? Get back to work. <laughs> West Tigers, 22, defeated the North Queensland Cowboys, 20 at Leichhardt Oval. You know why, Nathan? Why? Because, hash, we own the Cowboys. 
I'd also like to say, hash, Tigers fans don't travel even to their home games. 7,125 was the dismal crowd. Um, Mate, they were all locked away in their fucking cyclone-proof bu- bunkers because that is how bad the weather was. I mean, these poor bastards doing it tough, the little battlers of Balmain and Roselle. A suburban field with great access to the, to the punter, whereas 11,500... Doggies and Broncos fans went out to fucking Homebush in the middle of nowhere. Have you ever been to Leichhardt Oval? No, I have not. You've never been? No. Well, let me give you an idea of how fucking difficult it is to get to Leichhardt Oval. It can't be more difficult than Brookvale. Mm, There's no public transport options. There's zero public transport to Leichhardt either. Zero. Manly's further away. Homebush, sorry? Manly's further away though. From the CBD. Not from Manly. Not from Manly. (laughs) No, but Brookvale still, I mean like... At least at Homebush, you've got, um, you know, we go into uh, ANZ, you've got the the train stations right there. I mean, that's going to automatically invite more people than to Leichhardt. Because people live on trains. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, Glenn. I'm just winding you it's up. It's a general fucking infrastructure. Ca- I'm, I'm just statement, winding you up. Let's Nathan. just let's just let's just agree that they're shit fans. Only seven of them thousand turned up, but they in the pissing rain. Seven thousand legends representing the other legends that couldn't make it to the game. Like <laughs> Lottie Shakiri. <laughs> Lottie was at the game. What are you talking about? All right. Anyway, West Tigers twenty-two came from. Tries to Benji Marshall, uh, Marika Koribeti, Jack Buchanan, David Nafoaluma, Benji, three from four, conversions. Great effort, uh, in those conditions. I mean, that's as good as 19 from 20. Because the ball generally has to travel across the wet ground to get to the goalpost. Fucking ridiculous. Doesn't matter the wind what the conditions. and the rain. I mean, it's, it's basic physics, Nate. Cowboys, 20. Double the Tarek Sims. Kane Leonard got one. Antonio Winston got it. And at the end of the day, goal kicking was the difference as Jonathan Thurston could only manage two from four in great So in a battle motion. where goal kicking was the difference, Benji Marshall prevailed. I know. That's hilarious, isn't it? Magnificent. Look, this was a win for the ages by a team of wounded heroes. Um, <laughs> you know, I've never seen... I've never seen a bunch of men <laughs> battle against adversity such as this group of Tigers did. And I was so proud. Um... It was almost like a, the scene from Rocky where he's in the um, in the cold room beating up on the you know the the, uh, the cow beasts, if you will the beasts. Um, although the tigers actually beat up on the corpses of the beasts uh, that formerly known as Cowboys first grade football squad uh, in freezing temperatures and come out and look. I mean the only the only difference was the uh, the carcasses that Rocky was beating up probably showed a little bit more life than the Cowboys. Uh, they wilted early. They wilted early against the Tigers. Um, they had nothing um, to answer the, the Tigers' <laughs> dominant display. It was a close game the entire fucking time, and they, they took a two-point lead into the final minute of the game, and then the Tigers scored a try to take a two-point victory. Well, I hadn't there finished. was no one fucking blown away. <laughs> I was still talking, um, and it's quite rude of you to actually. Um, you're talking to such. Me. You're talking so no, much I'm shit, not. though. What I'm what I'm talking, Nathan, is is our premiership run starts now clearly with a win. <laughs> Over our old foe that hasn't beaten us in Sydney since 2000. Um, and so no, what you're psych- saying, this game so, was a gimme anyway. Is so psychologically defeated whenever they come up against the West Tigers that they just roll over and die. Um, you know, it's it's just sad. And I almost feel bad. Almost. 
about having to take the piss out of fucking stupid Cowboys fans that are dumb enough to have a crack at me before the game. Um, because you just know, you just, I'm like, I, I, I don't even want to take, I don't even want to say how much of a dick you look like, ah, uh, Popsh, Mad Cow's disease, people like this, when you carry on before the game, when you know that you're going to lose. And you know that you're going to lose because you simply, your team simply cannot beat mine. And that's the way of the world. So. I'm Glenn Blakely. So. You, you, you just put you just put forward two separate concepts there, and I just wanted I just wanted to just break them down a little bit. The first one was there was a team of wounded heroes overcoming insurmountable odds to achieve victory for the ages. That, that's Do, is, does that pretty exist? much exactly what I said. Yes, sir. The second concept, which you introduced into the second half of your fucking propaganda, was that. The Cowboys can't beat the Tigers. They never could win. They got no chance because they're owned. So which the fucking is it? It was a game that they were going to win anyway, but they had to do it in the last minute because they're that shit at the moment. It was still a win for the ages by a team of wounded <laughs> heroes. I mean, these guys, half the guys that took the field were, were taking the, doing so under extreme duress of having to play with Adam Blair, who had his best game for the club by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> He did five hit ups. <laughs> he really answered his critics on this on this occasion. He sure did. As did B. Marshall. I mean, he'll never be benched again. His kicking game was quite good in the wet conditions and everything. I, yes, I, I will grant him that. It was good to see the Tigers get a win. Um, pretty unconvincing in the end. <laughs> Running in a try in the last minute in the pissing rain. But we'll take it after seven straight losses, and um, you know. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll you'll take it. It was ugly, um, horrible conditions, horrible horrible skills on display. But you know, when it came down to it, they um, managed to just uh, scrape they out. They did a win what they had to do, team. and that's what champions do, Nathan. You don't want to exert energy. You don't want to exert. You don't want to burn yourself out <laughs> by blowing away the shit teams. You just want to do what you got to do. Run into try at the end. Whatever. Okay, go and get a hot shower. Let's move on, boys. Who we got next week? We got the bye. Probably beat that. Week after, don't know. Probably going to beat them too. Then we'll be on a roll. Probably be in the eight. Have all the other teams looking over their shoulders and go, oh, here comes the other upper echelon team to join us at the top of the table. And then you come up against Dr. Sexy and get his fucking smashed by Canberra. Please. (laughs) And lose another fucking bet. How about that? Dr. Sexy's (laughs) fucking shaking in his Louis Vuittons. Mark my words. At Scott at work said, uh, hash... Fucking wet and cold. Good to see a win. Shouldn't have ridden a bike. That doesn't Duff. sound. That doesn't sound like rocket science at work, to be honest, because it was fucking raining all day. Um, he knew when he left home what was he going to do. <laughs> the fuck were you thinking, you idiot? <laughs> the underscore. It's Q- probably a push bike too. <laughs> the underscore Q seventy eight. When Tigers asked Blair for consistency, I don't think they meant dropping off tackles in the warm up. Hash sigh, hash long night. And he actually sent a picture of it. He was actually there in the crowd and sent a picture of the terrible conditions and uh, minimal crowd. Great. Absolute uh, great effort. Shane, Aaron Elvis. How bad are the North Queensland Cowboys? They're horrible. They're a horrible football team. Fucking dog shit is the answer. Thank well, you. Well done for offering Louis a contract. Hash karma. That's and right. he tweeted that to the North Queensland Cowboys account, so I'm pretty sure he's blocked now like I am. He'll be part of the EBC. Yep. GT351 underscore Johns said, Imagine the Tigers winning on the back of Benji's kicking game. Wow. Hash Cowboys in decline. Congrats to Tigers. The aforementioned... Saved it at the end. R-Pops. 
Well, fuck me in the ass with the garden gnome. I hate my life. Hash Cowboys decline. He, yeah. he self-offered that up, that tag. Craig McQuillan. Holy crap, Ray Hadley just called the criticism of Adam Blair really savage. That Gronk knows savage. <laughs> At Mad Cow's Disease. He did two tweets that go together. The first one. Fuck the coach. Fuck the halves. Fuck the forwards. Fuck the backs. Fuck it all. Fuck the fucking lot of it. Hash fucked. <laughs> Sounds like a man that's uh, come to terms with his fate. Give it up on life, really. Um, and he's and then he's, he's come back with a follow-up tweet that said, uh, the sad thing about that last tweet was that I had it saved as a draft before the game. <laughs> hash zero confidence. Hash Cowboys in decline. Amen. <laughs> Tiger underscore Benji. I'm proposing we play all our games at Leichhardt in the rain. Hash reverse kryptonite. I like the way he thinks. Shunter 86. Malman Inc. is surely going to have a sleepless night thanks to the selection headache Joel Reddy's given him. Is Joel Reddy a Queenslander? I wouldn't have thought so. His dad was, wouldn't he? Rod Reddy? Oh, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Shunter 86. Well, hang on. Let's My dad was a New South Welshman and I'm a Queenslander. Yeah, you're a fucking state trader. Oh, that's right. Always forget that. If anyone wants to make state trader shit, I'm pretty sure Glenn's the only one. But if the, the, I'm the only one, the only fucking state trader. No. If there was a, if there was like a, if there's a bunch of us. If there was a demand for, for state traders, I think that'd be an awesome shirt too. Um, Shanda came back with another. It'd have one. to be I hate state traders. Well, it'd be like a, it'd be like a shirt that you could wear with pride. Ah, oh, well, it wouldn't be that. <laughs> At Shanta eighty six, LOL Sturlo. When Benji misses this conversion, the Cowboys will take a short kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> Sensational. At Troy he's underscore... Got, he's got a good rugby league mind. He knows still. He knows exactly what's up. At Troy underscore 79. Well done, Tigers. Well-deserved win. Tate better not get picked for Origin this year. He's well and truly busted. <laughs> and so he And uh, just scrolling back up to the top of the, the document, and I'm pretty sure that Tate is there. <laughs> Jeremy underscore Jack 01. Seriously, congrats to Tigers and fans who turned up in the terrible weather. Too bad Channel 9 made us wait for the good game again. It's perhaps going a bit overboard to call it a good game. It was the closest game. You done? Fucking hell. Earthboy75. Sorry, I'm done now. Good. Earthboy75. This is where I normally put shit on Tigers, but I've got nothing tonight. I feel lost. Blair improved. Enjoy the next week, Glenn. I welcome his tweets. I have. I welcome his tweets. He's like fair-minded. He likes he, to give. No, he sh- slams me every fucking week. What yeah, is that fair-minded? Because you, because your team won, and what did he say? He said, "Enjoy the next." He's actually, he was actually nice to you. Mm, we'll see what he says next week. Right, yeah, we will. You will because you're gonna, you know, flogged badly by the buy. <laughs> Ca photo ten. Potter benched oh, Marshall, and he comes back next week to win. Maybe time on the pine might help Blair. Give him another go in 2019. <laughs> that guy. That's very good with the camera, that man. Yeah. Very, very good with the camera. Very good Needs with the camera. Needs to take tw- a photo of himself, go to bed with it, wake up to himself. <sighs> At Luke Shark 74 Tigers win, but still coming last. Never ending slide, hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> Are we finished with tweets for this game now? One more. Right. What are you talking about? This is a game you fucking won. You should be relishing this shit. Yeah, but people have been cocks. I liked it when I was talking. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a little secret. You're a cock to the listeners. Uh, they they just can't wait to fucking. This is what I'm talking you. about, mate. You need to defend me. Like we're we're a team. We go <sighs> go together like Dr Pepper and Trout. 
That's another reference that I don't think anyone will get. If someone gets that reference, you're a fucking genius. Kurt. Kurt's the best bet. Yeah. He's the best bet because I know he watches the show that it came from. Yeah. But it's fucking old. fucking nerd. But, it's something that fucking nerds watch but if this, you watch it. But that reference goes back to... that reference. I'm talking late 90s. I mean, if you can get that reference... Tom and Jerry? No. I've been watching a lot of Tom and Jerry lately. If you get that I've reference... I've been hanging out for you to make a Tom and Jerry reference. If you get that I'm reference... Like, oh, no, if you get that reference, let me go. Because I, I swear it's close to prize worthy because it's so fucking obscure. You're not getting a prize button. JR underscore buff. Can't believe... That's a fucking... That's the wrong tweet. Fuck that. Sorry, Juff. Sorry, I said Juff. Sorry, JR Buff. We'll hit you up later. Now, this is a fucking weird game. This week with tipping, this is the Topocalypse week. It was. It I really think, was. I think I got... Except for the... I mean, the only certainty being the Tigers. I got two right, We're I think. We're in the Warriors. I'm fucking believable. Penrith Panthers 19 defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons nil in front of a crowd of just shy of 11,000 at uh, Cogra there. Dragons nothing. Penrith Panthers, 19 points came from tries to Travis Robinson, Matt Moylan, Dean Fare, uh, Luke Walsh, he got a field goal, um, pretty ordinary, 1-4, and uh, he got 3-3 three of three on the conversions. As long as playing with Jamie Soward from next season for four years doesn't uh, kill off his career, this Moylan's going to be some fucking one hell of a player. Travis Robinson goes all right too. I agree. And but yeah, Moreland's good. I can't believe those those boys aren't identical twins, those Robinson kids. Yeah. Reese is getting about, doing a lot of work. He must be rude at the end of every weekend, playing two games every week Fucking at the top level. Amazing. He's pocketing um, double the salary, though, so that's, a, that's all well, he's he's, he He can pay for some recovery. Um, one thing on the Dragons, you can tell, I think the Anzac Day game was, was probably a good indication. Um where you can, and, and there's been other games as well, um, either side of the equation. You can actually tell if they're on early in games. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And if they are, then they're competitive. But if they're off, then they get fucking hammered. Um, and it's it's really that simple. You could probably watch them for 15 minutes and turn the TV off. You don't know the result. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and this that was the case in this game. I think um, they were just off their game. Their attack was. Down their defence um, wasn't resolute, and um, you know Panthers got on top early and never really took their foot off the accelerator. Um, I think as for you know the Dragons, Dugan might just be the saving grace of their season. If I mean if you can find someone to match his level of intensity consistently, then they that they obviously might win um, several more games and push for the eight. But if it's just him, much like in this game, if it's just him running around on his own. Trying to do it all. Yeah. It's a bit hard on the bike. He's had one game there other than this. Yeah. All of a sudden, everyone's like, well, good on you, Josh. Take care of that for us, will you? <laughs> but uh, great performance from the Panthers. They were dominant. Um, they were really sharp in the first half. And, and I think maybe they could sense that the Dragons were off their game a little bit. And and um, they had an opportunity to, you know, if they could build a bit of pressure and... Um, and, and on the back of Walsh's kicking game, they could string some attack together and, and put some points on. So, um, good performance, and, and it's you know something that's becoming fairly. Um, it's, it's happening more often than not for the Panthers at the moment, which is a good sign. Yeah, well, it's a couple in a row now. So, um, now the in in the Dragons' defence, there was a really really fucking bad decision uh, for a no try. I think it was uh, Vito that scored it. Mm. It was fucking ridiculous. And there was another one that, and it just escapes me 
at the moment. But I think they were probably robbed of two fair tries. However, in saying that, they didn't come close to deserving to win the game, and I don't think that they were they were going to cost them that you know that that much. But you know, perhaps you know it wasn't fair for them to be uh, nil. I will go that far. It's always fair for the Dragons to be nil. Well, that's true. I've got no love for the Dragons. I mean, I don't want to come off as like a Dragons defender by any stretch. Well, you sound like one at the moment. Oh, okay. Well, I attract everything I said, and they deserve to get nilled. <laughs> a Shabugan. Shabugan. Nathan Fien is submitting his resume for the Ben Roberts All-Stars. Discuss. That's harsh. Um, that is pretty harsh. I remember, was it 2009? When he got injured in the first game? Oh, don't ask me. That's dragon shit. Well, pretty sure it was. Um, yeah, he got hurt in, his, in the first game and... And I couldn't really understand why people were so up in arms and what they... But then, as 2000... And when he came back in 2009 and then, um, obviously, through the 2010 se- season, he was fairly instrumental in their premiership, and um, which is something that really surprised me. I didn't realise he, he was that kind of player, but... Um, fuck, he was, he was all out of sorts in this game. Yeah. He made some errors, took some wrong options, missed some tackles... Pretty ordinary performance. He, should, he maybe should have gone to Newcastle with uh, Wayne. <laughs> More so. It's a bit unfair when Sowie's on the other team and Dukes has a hangover. Fubar underscore 84. Dragons aren't scoring, so Sowie doesn't have to miss his conversions against his new club. Hash cat, hash full moon cruiser party. <laughs> Shark attack 83 again. I feel sorry for the Windsor Wolves getting Sowie for the next five years. Yes. Hash five year plan, hash yeah right. Shunter 86. We've had some bad calls go our way, but I maintain that after a rough start, Penrith will finish the season undefeated premiers. He's on drugs. He didn't even put an asterisk on there. And he followed up with another one and said, if Luke Walsh's cousin had Twitter, he'd be blowing up at him for fucking his multi. Hash Penrith by 19. TBI Penguin. Even when the on-field referee gets it right, it's overturned by the cunt upstairs. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so At NRL. So, I dare say he might be a Dragons fan. Jesus, it's fairly really harsh. Yeah. Mickey T, 1985. Better team one. Certainly had the rub of the green. Couple of bad calls against the Dragons. Dugan, best in beaten team. Great defensive effort. Nathan Sully, 89. At least Walsh is helping ease the transition to Soward by getting Panthers fans used to pointless field goals. <laughs> Mr. Bowles, a delightful win. Cogger sees another Penrith win. Get that up, you. Hash Red V in decline. And finally, Billy Boy 887 WTF is going on. There have been two Dragons games in three weeks with a field goal, neither kicked by Soward. Hash useless. I tell you, you can't blame him for not kicking a field goal in this game. It would have been well, pretty fucking pointless. 19-1 would have been a fairly ordinary score. <laughs> would have been funny to see, though. Would have been a talking point. Match of the round. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles 16 defeated the Canberra Raiders 10. Now, Manly, 16 points came through tries to Jamie Lyon, a double to Wolfman Williams and Justin Horro with the match winner. Jamie Lyon, zero from four on the conversions. Yeah. Admittedly, the first three were all right out on the uh, sideline. So, there is that. But, yeah, I mean, and they were very, and they were very close to get to... One came off the upright and the other two were only like a metre or so away. But as good as they looked off the boat, you got to fucking get those conversions, man, because it made this game a lot more stressful than it needed to be. Canberra Raiders 10 came from a double to Edric Lee and uh, Croker was one from two on the conversions. 
Yeah, they were backing up from a pretty tough Monday night football game, Manly, and um, I've got to say, they, they really made the Raiders work for a result despite their fatigue, and, and the Raiders gave it a fair old crack, I thought. Fairly entertaining game. But In the first um, 20 minutes, I mean, they didn't score a point after that initial period, um, and they did look pretty, like, they looked pretty easy, the tries they got. Um, the first one was like just fucking, you know, catch and pass, you know, just injected a number in there and it was easy. And the second one was just, you know, a great jump from Edric Lee. I mean, dude's like twice as tall as everyone else on the field and he just jumped, you know, in between defenders and uh, managed to grab the ball and almost knocked it on, but not quite, and uh, got it down for the try. So, I mean, it was good work. And after that, I mean, they had their opportunities, the Raiders, but apart from like maybe one time I can remember, which was right at the end, you know, like last couple of minutes, uh, they didn't really get across the line again. No, it's true. They did have a chance to snatch it at death or at least tie it up. Um, but Whiten, I think it was. Yeah, Whiten knocked it on. Yeah, well, you had you had Ferguson come in and knock the manly guy out of the way, which they chose not to rule on. And uh, then Whiten just... He, I don't know. Why wouldn't you plant the ball with your hand? Get a hand on top of the ball, touch it, it's a try. But yeah. it's like he tried to scoop, scoop it up it underneath up. it. And I don't know if he wanted, was he going to try and take it around under the sticks or something and get back onto his feet? I don't know what he was thinking, but he fucked it up completely and, uh, you know, potentially cost his team a chance at winning the game. Just on Edric Lee, with a little more meat on his bones, um, combined with that height and, and his jumping ability, he could be, uh, he's going to be one hell of a player. Um, I'm surprised haven't, he hasn't um, come on as strong after some of his performances last season. I would have thought this year. Um, he might have come on a little bit stronger, but he's sort of been in and out. Yeah, yeah. Um, having said that, on the flip side, if if he doesn't realise potential, we've probably got a black Paul Hoff on our hands. <laughs> well, Paul Hoff represented his country and state on numerous occasions. So, I mean, it's not like he's, I mean, are you trying to say he's a shit player? I'm trying to say that he was horribly exposed by uh, the grubber kick. There was that one game, I think it was might have been a test match where no, was it was Origin, Origin, Origin where yeah, I do recall he had an absolute Barry Crocker, but um, yeah, but that was like one, you know, I remember Justin Hodges had a fucking Origin game too, where he was, <laughs> gave up two or three tries, so yeah, um, some big hits in this game. It was a fairly tough physical encounter as well between the forward packs, but um, Matai, Matai and Papali's hits in particular were exactly why we love footy. Um, and, that, and both of those ones, especially the Matai one, because it was kind of like, you know... Because he's like a manly player? Well, no, it was almost like a WWE, like, you know, slam, like the way he you know, got him, in, you know, horizontal in, in midair and, you know, sort of and carried him and dumped him. I mean, you're going to see that shit on highlight reels for the rest of the year, you know? Yeah. Play, you can tell the players are starting to adapt to the uh, to life after the shoulder charge. Uh, we're still getting the odd, um, yeah. you know, guy that acts on instinct or... or you know, pure um, reaction, but we're getting probably more instances of, of really good, solid, big hits but that aren't know, shoulder charges. But you know what? The difference between what Matai did and what Papali did and what a shoulder charge is, is fucking nothing. Negligible. Well, the contact is still the shoulder. And and especially it's, in the it's more the, the position of the arms. And especially in the case of the Papali one, mm. it was so close to being a shoulder charge. Because let me tell you, Papali doesn't have little T Rex arms, no. but like the minimal hand sort of looking like they were going around near the guy. The, the definite uh, movement yeah. was there to, to wrap the arms. But I think it was the pure, absolute bare minimum. Pure though. force, and then um, the more uh, sorry the momentum of the of the play being tackled, and then the point of impact knocked him flying. 
Yeah. Probably more spectacular than what some some shoulder charges I've seen. Um, that's all I've got for this one. I figured you'd rave on about Manly, so. Well, just short turnaround. Incredible defensive effort. They were looking a bit flat and like they weren't really up for the game in the first sort of 20 minutes. But once Canberra, you know, got away to, you know, whatever it was, like 10-4 lead, I think it was. After that, we still didn't have any ball. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pleased they like defending, but I wish, you know, for as far as a spectator, like, you know, myself's concerned, I'd rather they didn't fucking have to do it the hard way every fucking week. <laughs> and, um, and like, yeah, they love, they love tackling, but it just seems like, and I think I said this about the, um, might have been the, the game against the Dragons the other week. It just seems like they're so confident in their defensive ability is that, you know, if a ball, like someone puts a grubber in, there's almost no attempt to field it and, and, and get away. They'll just go, okay, bang, just bat it over their ball. I'm a fucking defender, who cares? And it's like, guys, that's a really tiring way to fucking go about your business. Um, Horribly exposed when they played the, the West Tigers again. Like the first time this They'll year, we beat them 26-0. But, um, you know, onto, onto actual real games of football like this one. Um, Foran is in absolute beast mode at the moment, playing like a genius. Um, Matty Ballin playing like a genius as well. Jerry Evans did some dumb fucking stuff in this game. Like, not for the first game this season three, either, I might add. The three quarters in the Canberra Raiders are quite possibly the tallest in the competition. You know, their wingers and their, and their centers, especially, yeah, you got you got Gigantor Blake Ferguson, who's, you know, like 190 odd centimeters tall. You got Edric Lee, who must be like fucking probably 256 centimeters tall. <laughs> Why are you bombing to them every play? I mean, when they're tall guys like that, you're putting grubbers through behind them, you know, you're giving them shit that's hard, you know, they've got to bend down Wayne and pick it up. Wayne from Paul Hoffett. Wayne from Paul Hoffett. But no, he persisted for about 68 minutes of the game in bombing it until the point went forward. It's like, fuck this, I'm taking it out to the right. Put through one grubber and Horry ran through untouched to field it and score the try without, you know, the, there was no Canberra guys anywhere near him that you had a chance of stopping that try. And, and yes, the goal kicking, the goal kicking is what kept the game close, but, fucking so but there was a lot of stupid attacking options and just just outright poor options in attack that uh, almost uh, almost cost us but the heart and determination team of champions champion team playing for each other defensive brick wall I'm, I'm loving the, I'm loving the fact that they're down on troops at the moment but they're still putting in these massive performances the players are lifting Hiku had a couple of handling errors in this game but overall once again he was still pretty good substitute I thought for Brett Stewart um, in attack he's still not quite there yet though like they're, they're trying to run more of those second man plays where Brett Stewart would, would chime in and the timing and everything's all off um, Glenn Stewart still nowhere near his best uh, with the ball he's been good defensively and defensively I mean he was kind of you know one it was one of his weaker areas but he's been really good the last couple of weeks defensively but his timing's still way way off uh, and which is pretty much hobbling the, the right hand side attack now, I mean, we've got a couple of tries down there this week. Um, but the tries we scored, there was like they felt like they were like 40% pace and like the ball would be past the one guy and he wouldn't handle the pass cleanly and he'd sort of bobble it on his chest, regather it, then pass again. But for some reason, then Wolfman still goes over untouched. And you're like, oh, it's just, it's just it's strange, you know, the, the, the least crisp plays they've ever run and they're the ones that score. And, you know, so... Strange. I don't know. There's a lot of improvement in attack that can be, can, can, can be done, but defence is obviously spot on once again. I mean, the amount of ball they gave away as far as you know, you know, possession and, and territory, that's the, that's the thing too. I mean, they lose the possession count 60-40 every week. But in addition to that, that 60%, 80% of that's probably now in 20 as well, like, you know, smashing them against their line. So, um, you know, very pleasing on the defensive side of things. Uh, Twitter, at Devonhead. 
don't know how Tils would be able to land any punches with his T-Rex-like arms. And that was something, actually, that right at the very end of the game. I'm still not quite sure how it started. There was the camera guy tackled the manly guy. They got into a little bit of, you know, push and shove. What Mo came and said, look, just fucking chill out, guys. And then Tils decided that was the time to start throwing massive overhands at Watmo. And um, after he sort of slipped the first couple of punches, got him in like, you know, a single collar tie clinch, and it just started ripping these right hooks into his fucking head. And then he only probably, I don't know how many he hit him with, but there was a massive, you know, mouse under his, under yeah, his right eye. Yeah, give him a decent clo- black eye. And I never, I never thought that Watmo was much of, a, much of a fighter, but he gave him an absolute flogging in like the five seconds that he had. He probably hit him with a good sort of, you know, six or eight clean shots right in the, in the eye. And um, definitely, visibly, the clear loser. And it was funny, they gave the penalty. Uh, Cherry sort of tapped it, kicked it out, game's over. And what, they just walked straight up laughing and just like straight away, like high five and shake hands after the game. So, strange. Sorry about your broken eye socket. Yes, yeah, sorry about, you know. But yeah, there's maybe yeah, Ben Tio, you know, talk talk to his girl, she knows something about that. She might have some recovery and treatment options for you. Uh Mike underscore existence. Allegedly. I reckon Raiders would have dominated against any other side tonight. Manly's defence just too damn good. Well done. Look at that. It is impressive. I'll give you that. Karim Karan. Tonight at NRL Mancan, the worst fashion on the field goes to gorgeous G Rose and his underwear. <laughs> Hash don't join the dots. <laughs> that was something to do with Black Caviar. Black Caviar, yeah. It was, an, it was an eyesore is what it was. Uh, Bennett, H 20. And I'm I thought... i sure my, he borrowed them off Black Caviar. <laughs> yeah. And I thought my man crush on Anthony Watmo couldn't get any stronger. Hash, there's only one Choco Watmo. And a celebrity tweet that we've got based on this game, Joe Nullivar. Lastly, Fred Flintstone wants his undies back at Gorgeous G-Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Troy underscore 79. Fucking pathetic display by us tonight. Manly were well and truly off their game and we play like fucking retards. Very, very critical on his side Aggressive. there. Tirana 355. Very happy with the win tonight, but fuck, I wish we'd stop giving away penalties and dropping the ball. Hash, enough tackling. Uh, okay, now we move to the Melbourne Storm 26. Defeated the Sydney Roosters 18 at Allianz. Uh, decent crowd, just under 20,000 there. Uh, Storm's points came through tries to Justin O'Neill, Cameron Smith... Maurice Blair, Will Chambers, Cameron Smith was three of four on the conversions and two penalty goals on top of that. The Roosters tries to Luke O'Donnell, Michael Jennings, Roger Tuivasa, Sheck and Maloney. Three from three on the conversions. Storm rose to the challenge of, of taking on um, one of the supposed contenders for their for their title, but uh, they really took the Roosters to school. I think they uh, they were fairly clinical and... Despite winning 26-18, they still had another gear to go to and handed the Roosters fairly fairly comfortably, I have to say. Um, the Roosters showed that they've got a little bit of work to, to do when things aren't going their way. Um, they're probably um, just lacking that little bit of a grind ability to their game at the moment. Got a hell of a lot of points in them. Um, and their defence up until this point has been um, up there with the best in the comp. But I think Melbourne... Well, that that you, first try was it the first try? Was it, was it O'Neill the first try? Or Chambers and a like just just catch and pass out yeah. to the it was like the easiest try out on the right you've ever seen. Like, yeah, and that was a combination of, of Mitchell Pierce having a massive overread in defence where he ran back to to track a decoy that would never look like getting the ball, um, which left Sonny Bill to try and make a decision, and he was left pretty well flat footed. The ball yep. went out a little bit wider, and Blair went over untouched. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, that those sorts of things are, need to be ironed out of their game if they are going to challenge the sides like Melbourne later in the year. But um, for this game, I was pretty impressed with Melbourne. Um, they had, you know, obviously Cronk was, was very, very good. Cameron Smith was probably one of the best games I've seen him play this year. Um, and just for the Roosters, I think Sonny, Sonny Bill, um, you know, he's got his detractors, but he he really is the pulse of the, of the Roosters. Um, he wasn't really on his game. Through yeah, some, he was pretty off this game. It looked like he was trying to overplay his hand a little bit with the pass and um, threw some dud passes. And I think if he does lose his way in future games, I can't see the Roosters winning many of those. He's just... Uh, Whatever he brings to that team, whatever aura or confidence he gives the players around him, just wasn't there. And um, yeah, they, you know, as a result, he's a major attacking weapon for them, and um, they couldn't get their attack going elsewhere. Yeah, I'd like to throw to Twitter for this game, but we didn't get anyone commenting on it. I saw a lot of uh, East fans and stuff like you know complaining online, like uh, yeah, there was they were complaining about the referee. It was the biggest rort since fucking blah 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 and. Settle down. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I, it just, I just can't believe teams can cry rot. When I sit back and think, fucking, you call that a rot? Now have Jared Haney throw a fucking ten meter forward gridiron pass that cost you a game, then come back and fucking see me about rorts, motherfuckers. Um, but yeah, no tweets whatsoever about that game, which means we can move on to the next game. And here's another tip down the toilet: New Zealand Warriors twenty six. Defeated the Newcastle Knights 12 at Mount Knight Stadium. Poor crowd at under 10,000. The Warriors' 26 points came from tries to the beast. Manu Vatavai, Thomas Lulawai, Sam Rapira, Simon Mannering and Elijah Taylor. Sean Johnson got three of five goals. And the Knights, a double to James McManus and two from two conversions to Kurt Gidley. Pretty impressive fight back from, from the Warriors who got smashed by better part of 60 points last week mm-hmm. um, to come back and beat Newcastle, albeit... A side that was well below their best um, was, was a good effort from them. And just on the crowd, who the fuck would want to go out there? Imagine how cold it'll be over there at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Plus, they just got smashed by, like I said, just almost 60 points last week. Yeah. Just just show shit fans. You reckon? You, know, you think your fans, you know. It'd be like everything like Hard Oval was, less 15 degrees. Yeah, but you'd be like, well, you know. Need to get behind my team this week because you know I want to show you know support. They're coming home. They had a bad loss last week. They need us. I better get behind my team because that'll keep me out of the wind and I'll be warm. (laughs) Um, Newcastle really haven't learned to overcome adversity either. Um, We spoke about that in the Roosters game, Um, and lack of attacking form is another thing that they. You know, if their attack's not really clicking, they really struggle to get into that grind um, and, and try and find a way to win um, via their defence especially. For the Warriors to get beaten the way they did last week, um, you knew they were going to come out and um, and try and play with a, a different intensity um, and, and play for one another. But Newcastle, you know, should have been ready for that, but they weren't. And, yeah. um, you know... That speaks to their preparation, and unfortunately, you know, when you've got probably the best coach um, in the game coaching, you know, I don't know what the answer is there. It's a little bit disappointing. You know, some weeks they're right up for it. It was only, t- you know, a couple of weeks ago they got a flogging. They come out last week and they had a good win, and this week they, you know, get done by a team that... Well, know, last they week they had be... a very, very, very good win. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
yeah, I'm not sure, really sure what's going on there in Newcastle. They're just still struggling for that consistency, but it seems like we've been saying it all year so far. And last year, and you know, last yeah. year we expected it to happen pretty quickly. It didn't ever happen at all. This year, we're like, well, you know, they had a full off-season to work on it. Yeah, no. Um, Twitter. Oh, I'm finished. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, That's right. Just with, the, with obviously, with Gidley out, and then if Fluffy misses, not just the Origin games, but if this ankle thing's any, you know, any sort of serious injury, I, don't, I didn't hear much today. Um, then their attack is going to be really ordinary, which is probably the thing that's carrying them through a few games mm-hmm. and a few wins that they've had this year. Um, there's another beef in this game with uh, Cade Snowden and Russell Packer going toe-to-toe. Um, considering Michael Ennis ran and hid behind Cade Snowden, the touch-up that Packer give him just makes <laughs> Ennis look like more of a cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, now I'm done. Okay, cool. So, Dashing Dan 1 said, Home just in time for Sunday round 11 football, or as the Warriors call it, Jersey 11. Uh, we've got Garbs 1985. If, they, if their jerseys weren't so fucking awesome, you'd probably be, I'd probably be a little bit more critical, but, geez, they've got some good designs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and Garbs 1985 said, Is Joel Thompson, Joel underscore Thompson 12, at the uh, at the game, pulling apart the Twitter tags off the hash got your back Knights jerseys, and yeah, I sounds mean, like that was a bit of a fail. Yeah, I mean, like I I applaud the initiative. I mean, because yeah, you know, great idea. Yeah, great idea. But you've got execution. To, you've got to you know stick them to the jerseys a bit better. <laughs> I mean, these were jerseys. Like I think the idea was, you know, if you if you won and got your name on the back of a player's jersey, you got that jersey too with your name on it at the end. So you had the Twitter handle on it for the whole game. Then you got that jersey. So I mean, if it's going to be like a keepsake thing, maybe make it fucking durable enough to actually see out eighty minutes of football. So, um, and we had I think Jr. underscore Buff, one of our uh, listeners. I think he was on the back of someone. Don't don't ask me who it was, but uh, I'm pretty sure he won one of the places. wasn't wasn't uh, Rochow though. Mm. And uh, Beer Boy one eight two. They glue on those. <laughs> this tweet's terrible. I can't read this tweet. No, we're not reading that. No, I'm not going to read that tweet. That's <laughs> fucking appalling. Is what it is. JR underscore buff. Jekyll and Hyde Knights. That is all. Hash got your back. Yeah, that's very, very apt. Yeah. At BillyBoy887. A telling stat. After 11 games, the Knights have five wins 13 plus and three losses 13 plus. Wow. Shunter86. Next time the Knights are putting hashtags on jerseys, just stick with hash Gidley Ruins. <laughs> well, it wasn't hashtags, Gregson. It's fucking Twitter handles. Jesus Christ. Fucking try and keep up, mate. Fuck, I don't want to slag listeners. Like, I don't want to be Glenn Blakely all of a yeah. sudden. But come on, man. Less time trying to pick the lock on your missus' onesie. <laughs> More time paying attention, mate. That ship sailed, brother. Just let it go. Out to Mudgee. We go. Glen Willow... Mudgee Stadium, if you will. It's No, no. It's Glen Willow Regional Sports Stadium. I'll have you fucking know. Or Mudgee Stadium, as people that are uneducated call it. Gold Coast Titans 42 defeated the Parramatta Eels 4. Titans tries to Anthony Don. Double to Kevin Gordon. Double to Jamal Idris. Brad Takarangi got a try. Albert Kelly got a try. Caesar 7 from 7 goals. And the Parramatta Eels a try to Ken Seo. And that is it. Very picturesque, I thought. Yeah. And they got a good, I mean, like, good the, scenery? like the crowd there was uh, 9,132. And I'm not going to shit on that as a number because. At a regional game, yeah, I think you know, with the facilities, the, the facilities, how much more would have helped? Exactly, ten thousand. Exactly, exactly. Packed the joint out, the Titans, um, and played some good footy too. They were pr- treated to a pretty good attacking supply uh, display from the um, 
Titans, it was it amounted to a bloody training run towards the end. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was barely an opposed session. Like, there's no opposition at all. And you saw that as the game went on, um, that Ricky actually gave, you know, Jared Hayne a rest there, you know, knowing that that he'd be selected for Origin and, mm. you know, gave him an early mark, so. Oh, he deserved it. I mean, he's worked very hard. Um, he was probably the only one having a go for Para. Some good yeah. runs and, and um, some good work at the back, but he can't do it all. <laughs> Didn't a day. Can't stop every break. No, that's and they right. made fucking plenty. Um, what a surprise. Jamal Idris, he's looking a little bit like he did at the Dogs. Um, he, he's never been the most ripped or, or uh, carved out a granite individual, but he, he can tell that he has shed some kilos in the off-season and across the start of the season. And um, I think it's, it's no coincidence that he, he's playing the same sort of footy that he was at the Dogs, which raised, his, you know, obviously clubs like the Titans' attention yep. and led to him signing there. So... Um, good sign, albeit probably a season in the making for him to start playing like this, but it's been a few weeks now and it looks like he's slowly, slowly getting back to his best. Um, MC Kilogram, just want to talk about his hair. Pretty sure he's auditioning for a, a part as Genghis Khan somewhere. It's fucking horrible. Yeah. He's got the little bit tied up at the front now. Uh, the rest is a bouffant. Then he's got a goatee and a little a beard to go with it. I'm sure he thinks he looks cool, but Jesus Christ... They're pound for pound the worst haircut side in the competition at the moment. And well, possibly, I mean, possibly the worst running around. Gordon wins it on his years. own. Yeah. But you have all sorts of guys. You can't have a magnificent head of hair like you, though, Nathan. I mean, Greg, I mean, Greg Bird, he's, he's rock gronk cut, you know, this season. Fuck, I'm trying to think of all the other ones who have. Was Mead, was he rocking one? Anthony Don. Anthony Don. They've got a whole bunch he's of got like, a pretty, just porn a star looking. Yeah. Jarhead. Sort of yeah. looking thing going on. Yeah. Jamal yeah. Idris, what's going on? Yeah, well, he's like he's in Buster Rhymes for life, that mm. dude. So yeah. Anyway, have you finished talking about this game? Um this I, I do have we just mentioned it earlier in the show, but I do you know, my condolences to CJ Dixon, one of our listeners, who made a bet with Mup twenty three and uh the bet was that uh whoever won, the winning margin would be converted to days, and that's how many days you had to uh wear the uh, opposing teams. And this will be their first ever bet. Never had another bet before. Really? Those two boys? Really? Ever. Never. Never. It'll be the last, I tell you. I mean, <laughs> the way it's turned out, who would have thought they'd lose by 38 points? So, Mup 23. Takarangi showing why the Titans knocked back Jamie Lyon in the preseason. Mm. Hash, centre of excellence. Oh, Hash, God. Titans 2013 premiers. Hash, real talk. Jesus. Who invited him? And he came up with another one and said... The same person that can hopefully invite him out. He said, uh... He came back up with another one and said, just going to say what everyone's thinking. Albert Kelly is the greatest footballer in the English family. Hash real talk. <laughs> He's committed. He's like the you of the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> Toto TV. It was nice of Channel 9 to show the Titans training session. When does the game start? Hash Tigers in decline. Very, Hash fuck very off true. At Fish DMC. Gilly on the bench. I hate it. He needs to be in the third row of a plane that's headed to retirement. <laughs> Obviously, that was misaligned uh, for Origin. Um, and this is my tweet of the uh, of this game. CA Photo 10 again with the good tweets this week. My thoughts go out to the good folk working at Mudgy KFC tonight. Sandow, hash, uh, sorry, Sandow slash Idris slash Taylor hammering it. Hash, skin folds in decline. Word. They just have a truckload of chicken just waiting. You think they could get some sort of sponsorship rights on the game? 
you know, all around the ground. They could afford it based on the proceeds. All right. Finally, Monday night foot bitch. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. 14 with the massive upset over South Sydney Rabbitohs, 12. Sharks Stadium, crowd just over 12,000 people. Sharks 14 points came from tries to John Morris and Jason Bukuya. Two from two conversions from Todd Carney and a penalty goal. The Rabbitohs, their 12 points came from tries to Bryson Goodwin and Sam Burgess. Reynolds, two from two. Now, this was a massive, massive upset. I mean... Sure was. You should, I mean, you couldn't rule Cronulla out before the game, you know, on paper. But then, in the lead-up to the game... You know, Gordon pulls out. He's not playing. Gallon pulls out. He's not playing. I think well, Fafita he pulled out as well. Didn't I know Fafita played? Sorry, Fafita uh, carved he up. He carved them up. Yeah, who was who else put? They had did Luke Lewis pull out? They had like a lot of. They lost a lot of their quality players, mm. and you'd think straight away, well, you know, okay, the the, the fix is on. But yeah, you know, the Sharkies showed a lot of heart. Yeah, they really did. Um, I think to say what you want about Andrew Fafita, but um, he had a. An absolute amazing game. Some, the stats were just remarkable, but I think the Tigers' decision to keep Matt Groat progressing um, was the right move, even considering Fafita's for, for performance. Of course, uh, probably would have been better for the Tigers if Groat were progressing into first grade in state of origin like Andrew Fafita did, not in languishing in fucking reserve grade. <laughs> it's like, say... I can live with Hino. I can live with Bo Ryan. They haven't really rubbed the Tigers' noses in it with yep. by way of their performances. Yep, yep. When you see a guy that had all the potential in the world whilst he was still out the club, so it's hardly like he's um, he's never shown this sort of form before. Um, he gets a crack at a start, plays all sorts. Oh, so, sorry, come off the bench, plays all sorts of minutes. Um, had. I can't remember the exact numbers, but ran for a huge amount of metres, um, did his work in defence, plenty of hit-ups. Um, I noticed in the in the Matty John show after Monday Night Football, though, Gordon Tallis, and I'm loath to give him too much credit, but um, he said that, you know, with Gallon, because he has such a huge work rate, he takes stats off some of the other guys in the team. So when he's out, Guys like Fafita or, or you know Hino or Gibbs or whoever it might be rise to the top a little bit. Yeah, they can, you know because they've played with him and he's an inspirational sort of leader. It's not beyond them to to get in there and pick up the slack, which is yep. you know what Cronulla's been saying for for how long. You know we need someone to pick up the slack when Gallon plays Origin. Yeah. Um, now he's in Origin. He's well. <laughs> Origin, so I don't know how that helps them at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, it was a fairly dominant performance from Fafita. Um, Two weeks in a row. Yeah, exactly. Magnificent. And, and I think it's pretty clear that South had no interest in winning this game, and, and just as well. Um, they were penalised out of it. The, the, the penalty count was horrendous, which probably makes up for some of the favourable calls we've had over the start of the season. But it certainly hasn't stopped the, the, sorry, the, the Rabbitohs fans from absolutely crying well, bloody murder. You cannot stop that. Um, and, and Greg Inglis, I think, you know, probably could have gone a long way to delivering a victory for South had he shown up but he was uh, hopeless in this game was really barely sighted in, in this one and um, which is disappointing but I don't think you know I think he was just keeping himself on ice for the uh, for, for origin and didn't want to get too involved for fear of an injury no love for his uh, club side <laughs> at all I think Carney showed that he's, he's still origin worthy it was, it was a good kicking game um, ran the ball quite well picked his moments 
Um, I, I just think he, he's probably short of a bit of a run and um, a touch out of form compared to Maloney. I think when you look at the way Maloney is, his combination with um, with Pierce probably yeah, they were right to give him the nod, but Carney's not far off his best. I don't think. The thing with Carney is though that he's he's pretty much always on because he has to be. Yeah. Given the options around him, whereas Maloney he has he does have some missing weeks, you know, and um, so. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that selection in the Origin too. I mean, like you know, uh, Maloney at his best this year has been fantastic. Sure, so, I mean, you know, I'd love to see some of that. But you know, Carney's been there before, and there's no know. denying that Maloney's in form, he's fit, um, and Carney's probably, like I said, struggling for a run mm. and um, and a little bit out of form. Not a great deal, but um, you know, you only have to be off a couple of degrees in Origin, and you get exposed. So yeah, um, I, I don't have an issue with his selection. I think you know the combination will. Um, hopefully blossom a little bit and, um, you know, make it a competitive game. Sure. Which is about as much as they can hope for. Okay, Dashing Dan one said, the real winner out of South success is Smith's Crisps. Haven't had this much exposure since the Gobbledock retired. Hash old jerseys. <laughs> Kareem Karan said, is there a team getting a better run with the refs than South's? Hash NRL match fixing. So there you go. That's someone who's not a South supporter looked at it and, you know, Felt they need to comment on the fact that Souths were favourable. I mean, I know South fans were just absolutely crying murder. Livid. At Maddie underscore McCabe one, aka Boom Maddie McCabe. Cronulla Sharks dominating at the dominating at the moment. Andrew Fafita is outstanding. Hash Boom Maddie McCabe. Dave uh, Davy Salter. Sharks pushed in a scrum and the ref didn't know what was happening. Never seen it before, so repack. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> we had at Evil Conspiracy. Fafita's trying to become Gallon 2.0. Hashtag is in decline. Doing a fair old job. Troy underscore 79. Making ex-players video refs has been a disaster. Games are now being decided by the incompetence upstairs. Hash refs in crisis. Jay Stibb. Sharks showed the rest of the comp how to beat Souths. Mongrel in the forward pack and sedatives in Inglis's water bottle. Yeah. Uh, he was well off his game. I don't know if it was the origin thing or, or what it was, but it wasn't happening. Chapo, the creator. An understrength Sharks team beat Souths. No premiership this year for Souths. Hash LOL at Souths. Hash joke of the league. Mup 23. Souths have ruled themselves out of losing to the Titans in the grand final. It'll be either the Storm or Easts. Hash real talk. That's no, not. It's bullshit. Unbelievable. At Drew underscore Nathan 5. The biggest positive I can take from the Sharks win is that the Broncos are no longer in the top eight. Which is uh, pretty concerning to our so vast helpful. Broncos listenership. CO Photo 10. Andrew Fafita. 23 runs for 205 metres. 10 tackle breaks. 43 tackles and one offload. There you go. There's your stats. This is the guy told to make way for Blair. Wow. Well, he made way for, for Matt Groat's progression. And you know, as you can see, Groat's progressing uh, really quite well um, in reserve grade. Yeah, quasi is not really doing much. Too much too soon for Quasi Grotto, and he's just never been able to recover. Agreed. Previews for the Telstra Premiership Round 12. Okay, this one is a shortened round, obviously, because of uh, buys from uh, you know, State of Origin time. So the first one, though, Friday night football, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs take on St. George Illawarra Dragons at Sydney Olympic Park. I think St. George are going to have to be a whole lot better than what they were last week. 
if they're going to be any chance in this game. Yeah, doggies, um, you know, perhaps a little surprisingly, um, they're only without Josh Morris for this game through Origin. Yeah. Uh, Dragons missing, you know, clearly two of their more consistent best players in Trent Merrin and Brett Morris. Um, you know, boosted by the by the by the return of Ben Cray, uh, not going out the Origin. Um, but yeah, the Dragons, you know, they got to a stage there where they'd won what three? Was it three in a row? And then they came up against Manly, um, and they almost jagged the win in that game. Um, and then since then, they've just dropped right off. So, uh, and obviously, you know, the low point of any team's season would be kept nil by Penrith and even be beaten by Penrith of all things. Very much. So, uh, you know, I think the Bulldogs will roll on in this game. Yeah, I think um, I think the Bulldogs strong. will win this by thirteen um, plus. And you know, they showed more than enough last week to to indicate they were well on the right track, and I I think they'll be uh, too good for the Dragons by a long way. Doggies by sixteen for me. Uh, interesting to note that one of the video referees is Luke Patton. So if there's any 50-50 calls upstairs, that's a green light for the Bulldogs. All other calls, it was a fucking lucky dip because his eyes point in two different directions. Exactly. Next up, we have South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Newcastle Knights. Again at ANZ Stadium at Sydney Olympic Park. This one is a Saturday night game. Now... This one, you know, the Knights, they were not, they weren't very good. Um, they really weren't, and they've just lost some of their best players. At home, they seem to be quite formidable. Uh, they've lost Darius Boyd, whether it's through Queensland selection or injury. I mean, you know, Queensland seemed to think he'd be okay for the game. I mean, there was a, when, he first, when it first happened, there was a thought that he'd broken his leg. Yeah. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, obviously, they can't have Kirk Gidley as well because he's been ruled out through injury. Um Sure, they'll want to atone to losing the Warriors. I mean, any team that loses the Warriors would want to come back pretty pretty strong. But the Rabbitohs, you know, they haven't lost in a very long time this season and they had a loss on Monday night. Their forwards still look all right. Yep, they've lost uh, Greg Inglis. Uh, it was a massive loss. Uh, ben Teo, you know, not so much, I don't think. And Chris McQueen, I think they've got him covered as well. Greg Inglis is probably the big one they're missing. But, oh, uh, absolutely. But He's Nathan Merritt, player all year. Yeah, but Nathan Merritt from at fullback though. I mean, he he tends to go He's, okay he's there. done some fantastic things uh, over the course of his career from fullback. Um, geez, this is a tough one. I think I'm going to have to go the Rabbitohs to bounce back. I'm going to go the Rabbitohs because this is I the thing. I think they're for... forwards probably more than anything um, through Astatasi and, and Sam Burgess, and then with um, guys like Jeff Lima and George Burgess opposite end of the spectrum as far as experience go, but uh, goes. But uh, I think once they get on the field, they'll keep the role going and um, probably overwhelm the Knights forwards. At the end of the day, the Rabbits, I mean, you know, their, their halves are intact. Their forward pack is, you know, pretty much intact as well. Um, and for all the complaining they, they do about, you know, not getting players in New South Wales' origin side, they've got to understand that their best player, you know, is a Queenslander in Greg English. Their best players are Poms in the Burgess brothers. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've got a lot of international players. Isaac Luke, Kiwi. Yeah. So, Roy yeah. Asatasi, Kiwi. Kiwi. They got, they, they got a, uh, yeah, I just didn't include Asatasi because I don't consider him one of their better players these <laughs> days. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think South will roll on and win that game. Now we move to a Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. game. The Gold Coast Titans take on the North, the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, you know, Titans coming off a high, Cowboys coming off possibly the lowest low you could get, um, losing to, you know, the last place Tigers. So, you know, 
how the Cowboys respond. They don't have they don't top have top eight bound tigers. They I don't. Think I'd like you to refer them to. That's not going to happen. It's ridiculous. No JT, obviously. And, I mean, the Cowboys are one of the teams that get smashed the hardest, I think, in origin time. Yeah. Um, not necessarily through numbers of players, but just the, qual- the quality of players that they lose. I mean, James Tamau, Jonathan Thurston, Brent Tate, Matthew Scott. I mean, you know, Brent Tate aside, that's a, that's a you know, pretty heavy-duty lineup there of players to lose. Uh, so you're going to have the, the return of uh, Khalifa Fifi Law. Uh, to- Titans have got no Harrison, no Bird. Mm-hmm. Miles, Nate Miles as well. So that's that's pretty significant sure. withdrawals from the Titans side. To be perfectly honest, I mean that's when you start seeing like your Mark Minicellos and your Luco Dwyer's, yeah, you know, getting more game time, and that's not good. I'm gonna have to go to the Titans. I don't think the Cowboys, as I said earlier, they're psychologically beaten after their loss to the uh, to the Tigers, who are starting to make their own charge this season. Uh, but I think the Titans will get over the top of the Cowboys fairly easily. Especially at home. Robert Louis, it's his chance to, to own the Cowboys. Good luck with that, Robert. I hope it all works out for you. Yeah, I hope Titans win, and I hope that uh, someone puts a big hit on Robert Louis. I don't like wishing injury on players, but I'll make an exception. Next, we have Brisbane Broncos taking on the New Zealand Warriors at Suncorp Stadium. Monday night footbitch. You going to this one? Fucking hell. Monday night game. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I didn't even realise it was Monday night game. Yeah, Monday night game, unfortunately. Um, now, the Broncos, they're missing you know, through origin. Sam Thiday, the captain. Justin Hodges, who you know, barely plays anyway. Corey yeah. Parker and Matt Gillett. <laughs> did I do it right? You did. I, did. I mean, but Good I... Good Yeah, okay. Uh, Warriors, for their part, I think they're scot-free. Yeah, I think they're scot- they got sure, a scot-free. They they're fucking hopeless. B, they're full of Kiwis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Warriors coming off you know a high at home. The Broncos Monday night has been the up the upset stage uh, for many teams, but uh, yeah, very much. I I I reckon the guys that the Broncos would normally look to to um, to give them a bit of spark, with the exception of Alex Glenn, they're all fucking plain Origin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really comes through the forwards for the Broncos. Um, and I, I think the Warriors match up pretty well with them in the forwards, but they've certainly got an advantage in the backs, and um, I think that's where the Warriors might be able to do it. Just run, run the their uh, you know bigger guys through the middle, um, soften them up, and then and get Locke and Fisiahi and guys like that running different little angles and inside outside plays. Um, once the forwards get a little bit fatigued, I think they'll. Um, more than capable of putting points on here. Josh Hoffman moves to the centres. Denon Kemp on the wing. Wow. Who knew he was still around? I saw at the start of the season that he'd um, they'd picked him back up, but wasn't sure how much game time he'd get, but he's obviously getting a little bit here and see if he can make the most of his opportunity. Yeah, so so who are you going? I mean, like the Warriors. The, this, the I'm going to go the Warriors. The problem, I have with the, the problem I have with the Warriors is I look at the cross that team and I think, wow... On paper, they are going to absolutely smash this Brisbane side. But the thing is, the Warriors have looked good on paper. Even back in 2011 when they got to the grand final. Fantastic. Yeah. 2012, fantastic on paper. They're the same team as the grand final team. And they came, what, pretty much stone motherless last. So, yeah. It's a tough one, but I'm going to have to go the Warriors. Yeah. Brisbane at home, I'm just going to tip them because 
I find it so hard to believe that the Warriors can win win football games, no matter how horrible <laughs> the opposition is. I really, I really do. Um, obviously, Origin's going to be coming up. We'll worry about that next week, though. We'll do our usual preview show before the game. Yes. Um. Clearly, I mean, I can. I'll give you a quick trailer for that show. I'm going to say New South Wales are going to win. You're going to say Queensland is going to win. Yes. And we're going to argue about it. And, and you know, and hilarity pop, will ensue. Exactly. Exactly. For you know, what the 15 minutes or whatever that episode will go. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that or not. That is full time for episode 122. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Facebook, we're on facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit the like button, share our posts, comment on stuff. Um, it's good Tell now. us we're great. Yeah, well, it's good with Facebook now. They've added that new functionality to the comment thread, so you can actually reply to, you know, under, you know indented underneath the comment you actually uh, are replying to. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I don't mind using that as like a forum sort of thing. Um, iTunes, <laughs> we gave people shit last week for not giving us reviews. This week we got three, so I can only assume that our method was correct. Exactly. And our cause was just. Slam people. That's our method. First one. By the name, someone by the name of uh, Gad Rock. I said, good quality, five stars. A nine V nine, so uh, that's you know, mu- much like the reporting of like you know the quality of a, a torrent uh, torrented movie or something. That's pretty funny. Uh, next one, awesome five stars by um someone who's you know, bound to be a genius with the username of MWSE ten. Said ah uh, great podcast to compliment the greatest game in the world. Love the banter and needs more swearing. Jesus, really? <laughs> Although, if the hash tigers in decline decline any further, then Glenn may be ordering. <laughs> let me do. He may be ordering some Dembrutrol from Doctor Phil Nishki. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's uh, at Benny Two Seven from Twitter, who um, I think uh, I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet from them was it last week, a week before, saying I'm going to be I'm going to listen to this week in league for the very first time. So Legend. they've come on board and give us a review, and Straight also sent us it. a message saying, "Yeah, how much I liked." So uh, welcome aboard. And uh, finally, we've got our. Uh, Machu five stars from someone by the name of uh, Nomarg. Love your work, guys. Keep it coming. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. Short but sweet. Cool, Nomarg. Okay. Now, fantasy football, the private group. It's fucking the same every week, pretty much. Number one, again, Dane Laurie for PM with a lead of. Oh, down, cut down to 113 points, so now it's getting close. Mighty Bulldogs in second, Tooves Super Dudes in third, El Ducho's Dopers in fourth, Sherwood Scorpions in fifth, Sea Eagle Assassins in sixth, Schultz Dentistry in seventh, Cerberus in eighth, Do the Hail and Shake in nine, and Honor Blood Buzz ten. So it's good to see pretty much everyone in the top ten as a Manly fan. Now, tipping, also like that. The Real Jedi. He maintained his first position. He actually increased it back out to three points in the lead. And he got five out of eight in the last week. That's pretty fucking good tipping considering the circumstances of last week. Um, we've got three points behind Voodoo, Rock, and Lynn tied on 64. Uh, we've got Williams, 277 on 63. Desi's Duck, 63. Shell Gettys, 63. Boxcard Jason, 63. Animal NZ in 8th on 62, Aussie 11198 and 61, Big Dan on 61, and also on 61 in 11th, unknown. So we still have some stock of the Revelation shirt, hats and stubby cools in the stores. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop and a uh, big shout out to uh, all the people who bought stuff over the last week. Absolutely bombarded had, the last yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. It's I mean, fantastic. 
I think for for the sizes that aren't completely sold out, like I think for the t-shirts, I think small smaller gone, aren't they? From memory, I think they are. And two XL's gone. Two XL's gone. I think XL's gone as well. X, oh, medium, no, medium's gone. Okay. The, the last medium went. I think there's uh, there's there's five or less L and XL, from what I can remember. So hook in. So hook in, yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, got some cool cool uh, mock-ups for the Tigers in decline. Uh, I have to get them done up, you know, done properly and put them online. Um, I, I have to thank um. Andy Kintz for the the idea with the backwards evolution shirt. I mean, he said start with a tiger with a premiership and end with an emaciated tiger. But I've actually thought of a better way of doing that that actually works on the design and everything, so it looks kind of cool. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> and I just that like to say, one of us. and I just like to say that I will preemptively say that if New South Wales win Origin this year, I shall be producing a uh, a one in a row <laughs> t-shirt for New South Wales supporters to buy. So um. Yeah, just keep that in the back of your mind because that shirt will be coming in about, what, six weeks. <laughs> it's already not relevant. Yes, well, we will find out. It's uh, very late here. Glenn, this may be his last show because um, he may... Uh, I'm going to struggle to make it home. He'll crash in a, in a fireball. And, and like the about two or three, was it two or three weeks ago where we had a late night and mm. um, and you, you drove down Milton Road for the 100 metres on the wrong side of the road. Yes, Yes, good times. Shouldn't tell my wife that. Because I got home last week and she was wide awake. I said, what the fuck are you doing? It's like 12.30. Oh, so you told her? You, you told her? Or did she listen to the show? No, no, no. I told her. I was going to say she wouldn't listen to this anymore. Exactly. I mean, she, she, had, she had the novelty where she listened yeah, to it like once. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> but I said, what are you doing up? She goes, oh, I can't, I can't sleep till you get home. I said, fuck, it's going to make for some late Tuesday nights for you. <laughs> I said to her tonight that, uh, you know, you really need to get, learn to go to sleep. Yeah. Don't worry about me. Yeah. You know, what's the worst that could happen? You get a big insurance payout. Big deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like like like, like most people, you know, we're probably worth more, more dead than alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See you next week. I'm off to commence my journey. See ya.